Welcome to The Daily Wrap-Up, a concise show dedicated to bringing you the most relevant, independent news as we see it from the last 24 hours. Saturday, September 2nd, 2023, part two. Thank you for joining me again today. I'm going to go over a lot of stuff today in this part of the show. If you didn't uh, didn't know and haven't checked the website, I just recently did a smaller focus this morning, which I'll show you when we get going, in regard to one part of the, uh, a, a recent development in Maui. I wanted to make sure people focused on that. But today, in general, it's going to be a lot of stuff. We're going to start with Twitter going you know, full technocrat, facial bios, biometric scans, and all this stuff, which is clearly in the works and what that means for what's going to happen on this platform on that platform. And in general, we're going to talk about COVID-19 overlaps with all of that. A Donald Trump point in there. We're going to talk about an, a, a, a large focus today is going to be about our constitutional rights and how rapidly this seems to be eroding right in front of us in the sense that they're no longer engaging or acknowledging our, in, our inherent inalienable rights that are always there, whether or not they decide to in, in acknowledge or respect them. Governments don't give you your rights. They're God-given. They're inalienable. It's just people are pretending today that either governments can suspend them because they decide so, which is not actually the case. They just don't respect or acknowledge your rights when they decide they don't want to, which shows you that they are the ones violating the Constitution. But it's everywhere. New York is going to be the focus today, but it's happening all around the world. I mean, and I'm, I meant the nation when I said that, but it truly in the world in general, we're watching things like that ro- rapidly drive into the technocratic great reset direction. But we're going to finish as well with a big point on Maui that just to kind of add some more, uh, more, I guess, context to some of the points we've been making before, missing children and so on. We're going to give you a bunch of information on the out part of that as well. Uh, So, you know, in regard to time, let's just get going right into it today. I wanted to make sure you guys saw this. Make sure you don't you you check this show out, because I do think this is going to be an important part here. This soil tack is something that they're telling telling people they're going to be using, deploying across all of Lahaina once the rescue operation is done. And it, it's a dust suppressant. It's something that was designed by the military Department of Defense. It's been ex, it was tested in Iraq and Afghanistan. Has, in my opinion, none of the and it's and it's DoD nanotechnology, which is actually kind of crazy. I get into some crazy parts with this. My, you know, there's lots of theories as well about why there and what's going on. But end of the day. Just at the, again, the easiest point, I don't even think this is safe. I, f- I feel like this is something that is going to be used in a way, it, 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 right in the documentation, it says for industrial use only, and, and anywhere it's ever been used, it's more about not making sure the environment is safe, but hold, it, it's, it's so, a soil solidifier and dust suppressant, and they used it in desert areas to make sure there wasn't des- d- uh, you know, storms and dust swirling up where they were landing for their invasions, you know, that kind of stuff. Not about making sure the environment is safe, but that's how they're selling it to people now. Even though, I mean, I, I, please check this out. This is really concerning for me and what's going to happen there, what that means going forward, and what really it could actually be. More than that, we should be asking these questions. And then uh, another opening point, I was just talking about this on the show live. I think it was the show before last. I, wait, was uh, oh, you know what it was? I think it was this one actually, which I'll reference again in a second. Peer-reviewed study finds circulating spike protein six months after the jab, as well as that fifty percent of people that are vaccinated still have circulating spike protein, and Omicron not natural. Being another study that that their research showing that they feel that the Omicron forward variants were something introduced into the discussion, something we've been discussing and theorizing about for a long time because that's where the data seems to point. And here's another study that seems to vindicate that. But 
while we were going through this, I was referencing, as I often do, the Harvard Magazine discussion about Charles Lieber's virus-sized transistors. And I was, and we noticed the page had changed, remember? And I said, wait a minute, this looks very, very different. You know, as, as much as I was looking for the, in, the, my, the minutia, you know what they actually changed? The title, which is hilarious to me. So all the information is identical, but check this out. I, I was able to find the way back machine. Everything's exactly the same, except the most important part, a virus-sized transistor, as opposed to now they just go, oh, it's a nanoscale transistor, which is essentially the same thing. But I think the, I, that, that's very telling to me. You tell me what you think. My whole point about this has always been, well, if this, and this is 2011, and this is what they're arguing they did, a virus-sized transistor. I mean, realize we're talking about dust particles and things at 10 microns, COVID-19, if we believe it's there, being 0.01 to, or 0.1 to 0.3 microns, right? So we're talking about something smaller than, I mean, okay, just so it's clear, of this virus-sized transistor is the size of what we would argue is one of those particles, 0.1, 0.3. You can't see it. So in 2011, they successfully, they claim, made a virus-sized transistor, nanotechnology, that acted just like a virus. As they even said right here, as I always point out when I talk about this, that it, it, it revealed that when, a, when something is as small as, when a man-made structure is as small as a virus or bacteria, it behaves the way biology does. So... My point, could this not have just become COVID-19? As, as I've shown in many other points of work where this was something that was included, and as, as well as I think it's right here or one of these up closer shows right here where we talk about how that is, is these next steps on how this is being used to weaponize your body and turn your bodies into drug factories to produce spike proteins and, or whatever else they decide to insert into the plug-and-play platform idea with the new antigen, the new protein. All of those things may sound crazy to people. That's literally what they're publicly saying they're about to do. Just so people realize that, even though in the context, it may sound like science fiction. Yeah, well, you know what's funny about that is in this very conversation, he says down here that you have an opportunity to do things that might sound like science fiction, things that people have only dreamed about happening in real time in 2011. Think about how interesting that is. Now, the point being that they changed this to just nanoscale transistor. Why would they remove virus size transistor? I think that says a lot. Maybe adds another adding point. Maybe because we're putting so much attention on this, they're going, I mean, I don't know. You decide for yourself. To me, that would suggest that the virus part of it is a little bit too telling. So let's roll that back. I mean, why else would they change this? In, it, this has been the same since 2011. In 2023, Harvard decides to change, to remove the word virus from the nanoscale transistor or the virus transistor and make it a nanoscale. Why? Somebody out there is going to go, oh, conspiracy theory. But then you tell me why Harvard, with all that's going on, would step back into an old post from 2000. Oh, because you conspiracy theorists are misusing it. Aha. And that's probably what people would say. And that's bigger. That's one of the things we see across all these conversations. That it's we're now allowing and even justifying, even calling it the right thing to do, to censor and change and alter and hide because conspiracy theorists are dangerous. Or is it because people are pointing at things that you actually don't want them to see, and you're hiding that behind the idea that conspiracy theorists are dangerous? I think you know the answer to that. Oh, and then one last point that I just thought was funny. I just can't – I relish the opportunity to make fun of these ridiculous children that act like they're adults. And this is Jimmy Kimmel posting this, this massive – I guess they're starting some new grand podcast platform where they call themselves the, uh, the, the Strike Force. Strike Force 5. <laughs> 
I, it's just, it's embarrassing. If you watch it, it's not even worth your time, guys. I, I said, funny, though, how they all made fun. All, it, it's, it's everyone you might imagine. I mean, you look, it's all these talk, the, the, the late night talk show hosts that were wrong about literally everything important and then brush it off like, well, we're just comedians. <laughs> yeah, that, that old shtick is getting really tiresome. But all of them are, you know, Colbert and, and Fallon, that, for those in the podcast, it's all of them. And I said, funny, though, how they all made fun of podcasts and YouTube and largely still do, actually, until it became clear that they were all quietly, desperately trying to take over that space while gaslighting us about how silly it was. And still they're clumsy and lost. I said, it's like watching grandma try to use a 3D printer. These people are it's really embarrassing. It's, it's typical, even though they've been doing this. For how long in media? And they can barely fumble these things. Oh, and somebody made a great point, by the way. Each one of these people is wildly rich and has all sorts of areas where they film that are, you know, their offices that are full of all sorts of, uh, uh, you know, accoutrement or whatever you want to call it. That are, look, I'm famous and I'm rich and look at my area. And yet every single one of them set up an area that made them look like Mr. Normal Guy. Oh, look, he's got a ladder in the background. Oh, look, it's just a blank white wall. Oh, look, it's just an old roller. I mean, you know, look at Jimmy. I, I just don't. Maybe some of those are organic, but you know how much they cultivate their, their way they look to people. Oh, and then good point. I think Orwell, is that what you meant, Orwell? Like, like, the, like the view for men? <laughs> I don't know if that's what you meant, but that's funny. But let's start with COVID-19 and some follow-up to a lot of important points. Now, this, this section is more going to be kind of like rattling off some points, keeping you up to date about the new evolution of this, because it is definitely just rolling back out the desperate, the, as I framed it, the desperate effort to make this, you know, I, 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 this screams desperation. Nope. Even the people that were buying their narrative, I think it was 70 to 20% took the bivalent. So they just kind of paused and reevaluated. Now they're just deciding, I guess, to push back out on the same platform and the same narrative. This is why I'm saying like that doesn't add up to me. Like you could argue desperation, but even then they're not dumb. Unless they're, I mean, if they were, if they were going to push out something that they knew most people wouldn't want to do, they wouldn't just push the same lie. They would use, they would just go, well, we're going to force you then because, or, or I don't know, or create something serious. Maybe those are coming. But bottom line is the very people that were trusting them are already saying no. And they just paused. Now they're pushing back again based on some other new variant that we haven't proven, even though they're saying the same old shtick, the thing from four variants ago, but it might work this time. Well, it didn't last time, even if that's none of that's true. The narrative didn't even work. So why would they create a narrative and then get it wrong? (laughs) It just makes sense unless they're that ridiculous or there is some truth to what they think they're doing. I'm saying that in the context of people that are in the, you know, no virus crowd and whatever else. Valid concerns. We should consider these possibilities. My point being is that it's hard when you see that even their narrative is in, is missing the mark. <laughs> it's like they must. I don't know. You get my point. But so my so here we are starting over again. And I wanted to make sure you saw some of these posts. This one was from August twenty fifth, twenty twenty three. You have every reason to question everything you're being told about variants, vaccines, masks, and PCR tests. Important to understand. Every one of these things are rife with plot line plot holes and i mean everything about these stories where they come from how they're being used everything about this the scariance the salience the vaccines not being vaccines the mask hurting you the pcr test not even being used the right way and not even being set up the right way i mean it's absolutely ludicrous when you stand back and look at how crazy all of it is but we also now have a new peer-reviewed study that adds to everything else we've already seen which is that yes according to peer-reviewed science times four, as far as I can think off the top of my head, I think there's at least four of them, showing that you, yes, can cause vaccine-acquired immune deficiency syndrome, otherwise known as VADES, or, or what we would also call AIDS, acquired immune deficiency, or immune deficiency syndrome, I think. 
So we think about that in the context as some kind of like specific thing, but really it's just a broad catch-all. Acquired immune deficiency. Well, that can be caused by a lot of things. Vaccines are very common in that field, but we don't like to talk about that because baby ears, we can't hear the reality about things that we don't, you know, that's a lot of people that don't want to hear the truth about things that they put their life into or people that have put 14 of these in their baby three days ago don't want to admit to themselves when they start seeing how bad these things are. And that might, that doesn't have to mean vaccine technology. I'm just as skeptical of that as anything else at this point. My point being is that it's the people behind this that have proven themselves to not care. The intent is not there or it is for the wrong things. Whether or not that means vaccine technology as a whole, and I don't mean mRNA, that's not vaccine technology. I'm talking about that general old school stuff, whether or not that can be applied in a way that could help some people if everyone's given a choice and full information. Well, that's for you to decide. That makes sense to me. But again, I don't know why we trust anything we're ever told about this stuff as they've been proven to be like career liars at this point. But that's happening. And it's very clear. And we're still going forward. And realize there are now the, the, the other thing I should have included was the point. The show gets into Recep Levy pointing out the study from science.org. And I went through the entire study myself that they're arguing that the platform itself, not the new antigen, not the new protein, but the actual lipid nanoparticle mRNA delivery system is the part is the largest reason that myocarditis is happening. Or at least one of the leading factors, according to this study. So the point being, if they just switch out the new thing, it's going to be just as dangerous. And the fact that we now show that the spike protein, all of these things completely shatter all of the narratives and things they've been saying from day one. No, it stays in your shoulder muscle. No, all all the different lies that they all shouted you down because you're so dumb and you don't know science and now we know they're wrong. And none of those people have been like, oh, we were wrong back then. They just quietly stepped forward. Because they all mostly get patted on the head for maintaining the narrative, which is all that really matters to the actual social engineers. But we, we know, according to peer-reviewed science, like 14 studies I can find that show spike protein continuing through your body months afterward, and that 50% of them have spike protein continuing to circulate, and that they continue to sustain the synthesis of spike protein, self-amplifying injection that I said right in the beginning of all this. Oh, look, here's Pfizer's documentation where it lists B2, B2N62, B2, whatever it is, as self-amplifying. <laughs> Weird. Doesn't that mean that it's going to keep making the spike protein? Now, that's, that's a very simplistic version of what that actually means, but that's what I deduced from reading the literature about self-amplifying. And what do you know? We're in a time where spike protein keeps getting made. It's almost like we nailed that in 2020, and everyone else was baffled. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, it was a, a, an educated guess based on the literature, but at the same time, turns out it was right. Well, Jicky Leaks points out some important information about this. We've talked about the IgG4 concept, right? Well, this is the study we were just pointing out in regard to the six-month time frame spike protein being detected, right? There's Kevin McKernan, who's been really nailing down the concept of DNA uh, contamination, the SV40 conversation. So Jicky Leaks add to that. So the point is, if, if they're continuing what arguably could be a low-level production, but I don't even know if that's the case. Either way, it's a constant production, so it's a problem. But Jakey Leaks points out that if that is the case, we've already talked about this, right? The immune system's response to a continuous low-level antigen production, like the spike protein, is tolerance via IgG4, which, by the way, is exactly what we're seeing. And as she says, it's like, it's like desensitizing the body to the peanut allergy. The immune system no longer responds. Now, that doesn't mean the problem goes away, right? But in this case, peanuts are not in need, in, are damaging to the body. It's the fact that your body's reacting to them for some reason. In this case, though, the argument is the protein is dangerous. 
is cytotoxic. So if your body starts not responding to it, well, what's it going to do? It's going to cause a continual level of issue, illness, which in this case, the studies have shown, which culminates in some kind of massive problem, heart attack, system shutdown. And what are we seeing? Explosions in both of those things. It's pretty simple. And it says, and if you did, if, if it did, you would become chronically ill. If the, if the system responded, basically, or it says, like desensitizing to immune system no longer responds. If it did, yeah, yeah, you'd become chronically ill. It says, is the result failure to fight the next virus or long COVID? This is questions, you know, out loud. The bottom line is all of this stuff is because of the injection. Not the thing that's dramatically less than the flu, if that's even actually how it's happening. All of this is real-time, peer-reviewed science. Where are all these trust-the-science jackals? Where are they now? I don't even see all these ridiculous people on Twitter that used to be shouting, like, where's Dr. Copeland and all those people that were screaming and laughing and all these laugh emojis because you're so dumb and they were wrong about everything? Where are they? Where's ZM Dog and all those people? Where are all these fact-checkers that were showing us that we were all wrong about everything? They're quietly... They're, they are the Homer Simpson meme falling back into the bushes. That's what they are right now. Why do you think that is? Igor Chudov points out, scientists just proved that half of COVID vaccinated people never stop producing spike protein. This explains immune tolerance and endless reinfections indeed. On top of that, and I'm going to go into this deeper in another show, Black Santa 9111 points out, since the vast majority of the world's population is unknowingly infected with dormant pathogens like Epstein-Barr and HSV, I think that's largely because of vaccination, any secondary infections that cause immune tolerance exhaustion, like what we just pointed out with the COVID injections, will allow the dormant ones to wake up and wreak havoc, right? On top of the fact that your body is also having your immune system destroyed because of the injections, and that makes that even more likely. That's not his opinion. This is based on a Cell.com peer-reviewed study. I mean, is, I mean, are you beginning to see, if you haven't already, how stupidly clear this is? And again, the bigger point in general is what happens next Right. If our bodies, like George Webb was pointing out, have already been primed in a way to just pump in the new antigen. Now, here's the crazy part of this. Now, we've been talking about the platform, right? The idea of just giving a new spike protein or new, you know, new a new direction for this in the, the platform system, the mRNA and the lipid nanoparticle delivery system, and then just executing a new vaccine. But what if that's not where this is really going? Well, we keep playing this point about where this was always aimed. They were saying this before COVID ever came around. They wanted this to be done internally. That's where the, the science and technology has always been aimed. That's what they wanted from the beginning. Wall Street and biotechnology companies have been very excited about this idea. And what essentially it is, is trying to hack the cells in the body in order to make them into drug factories. Right. So also, if we're using dual-use technology, which this ultimately is, right, it could also make it something dangerous. Now, that could be to your body, or it could be something you shed outwardly that hurts other people, especially seeing as how your body seems to be, have largely be desensitized to this, right? So you have this constant, continual cr production that your body's slightly, mostly ignoring, but since this is generally the flu or less, or that's how we're looking at it, you're, you're just kind of chronically ill, but it's causing all sorts of problems to your body, and like we keep saying, it culminates in some kind of large problem. How do you not look at that as your body being a weaponized purveyor of some kind of illness, right? So all we're generally talking about here is that this is creating a situation where this could, you could be primed to release something new tomorrow. Now, you may think that sounds crazy, guys, but if you've been following the work, this is what they're writing about. This is what they have been discussing. 
self-spreading vaccines, self-amplifying vaccines. We just talked about that. That is this next step. And on top of that, we're talking about the platform development, not just going, here's the thing that will spread and we'll deal with it, but that you can then insert the next thing that's already set up to spread the body, already set up to execute that spreading. Again, I know there are people listening that are, oh, this guy's so crazy. It's, it's, it's a, watch the shows we're pointing at, the documentation, and see they hate when you do that. Look at my website. I, I, the point is the peer-reviewed science is all listed down here if you cared to look at it. Now, going forward, after the point is, you know, failed platform, Fauci even wrote his own sell.com article that says this failed. And so what do we need? Hype, fear, to drive people right over the top of the facts which is that this didn't work, and that why would the same thing work the next time, right? Well, oh my God, the new thing, the new thing we don't know, scary. That's all this is. Oh, is it Aris? Is it E5? Is it L.4 or whatever the other thing is? Well, none of which these supposed new boosters are even generally aimed at. No, it's Priola, apparently, which is the one everyone's super freaked all of a sudden, even they just discovered it, apparently, or just realized it was a problem. But here's the larger point of all of them. Read about any of them, what you'll find out. Can you guess? As every single time ever, well, it seems to be more transmissible and it could be more dangerous. Well, you know what that means? It's not. It's not. If it's more transmissible, like we have seen the entire process, assuming these are, again, even real or just not the flu, then they are continuing to get less dangerous and more transmissible, which is pretty much always what happens, especially if you've got these incubators continuing to pump out new variants that end up making these things dry. Like, that's what we've seen throughout history. So the point is, and that's what it says here, it's not more dangerous. In fact, generally speaking, these things are pretty benign at this point more than before, even based on their own stats. Yeah, they're screaming about cases, but when you look at the other problems, they seem to be collapsing. And when you just happen to test a lot of people in the, you know, people have broken legs in the hospital and go, oh, you've got COVID. Well, suddenly you've got a hospitalization. Those numbers go up real quick. But weird how the deaths don't materialize afterward. That's a sign that they're hyping hospitalization numbers by doing just that. 40 cycle threshold test people already in the hospital. Boom. Hospitalizations go through the roof. Deaths are not. It's all a big scam, guys. And I don't even think half people doing these tests are aware of that. Just like the epidemic that wasn't with the PCR test in 2007. They know. They know. El Hombre points out, COVID and flu jab brought forward over concerning COVID variant vaccines to be developed in less than a fortnight. Why? Fear, 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 unknown. That's super cool. So dangerous things for our safety. What's new? How else do you frame that? So we're already doing this at unbelievably fast speed in, what, weeks, months, when it used to be four years? And now we're going to speed that speedy process up because, I don't know, this could be. Are these scientists or are these people? I mean, these, just, these, are, these are just like a bunch of house moms with their hair on fire. They just freak out about whatever's happening and go, quick, 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 get it out. We don't care if it's safe because that's more dangerous, even though that's not what they're saying. I mean, think about how ridiculous that kind of framing is. Oh, and then, uh, oh, wait, how did I skip past that? Hold on. I had this out of order, I think. Oh, that's why. So anyway, the point is, this is rolling back out. COVID jab rollout brought forward. <laughs> Again, faster than the ridiculously too fast unsafe process because of something new we don't know we might be. You got to love how childish these people are. Now, on top of all of that, who's the group that's going to allow that to happen? Oh, the FDA. That's right. That the only reason they could pretend, or in the United States anyway, they could pretend that they can rush past these processes is because of the FDA in their captured agency that they are. Or rather, if they even really have a process into this, seeing as how it's a medical countermeasure for the DOD. But overall, 
I have an excellent development in regard to the FDA and the case about ivermectin, which continues to show you that there is some hope out there for people involved in positions of authority and judge positions that care about the truth. Remember, we were just talking. Oh, that's why it was first. (laughs) I forgot. So we just talked about this FDA claims it cannot be held accountable for misinfo. We were letting you listen to and and it's in here if you want to listen to the FDA arguing in the uh, appellate was it the appellate court, I think against two people suing them for, for basically for that, the post you all saw, come on guys, just stop it. You're not a horse, which is direct advisement. So doctors are telling, if doctors are saying, get this ivermectin, FDA is going, come on guys, stop it. And they, and the court ruled against them, right? They tried to act. And that what they said was, well, we can't be held accountable for misinformation. We're allowed to do this. Well, guess what? It says, it says, remember when the FDA tweeted to help people stop taking ivermectin because you're not a horse? Well, the FDA implausibly told a federal district court that those tweets did not contain medical advice because they're ridiculous. The court just told the FDA to stop practicing medicine. That was yesterday. So they're, they're, they're telling him, no, you're wrong. Obviously, they're wrong. What you did was tell people not to do something, which is directly contradicting what a doctor might have told them. They're allowed to say this could be dangerous, but not to say don't do this. That's the point. And, and, and so he said, here's the link. We can show you. Thank you for sharing the link, Jay. Dr. Jay Bhattacharya is doing good work. FDA is not a physician. I love that. So if you can read this for yourself, here's the actual ruling. This came out uh, yesterday, September 1st, I believe. Where is it? Right there, September 1st. Filed September 1st. So the ruling is probably before that. But it, you, know, you can read the whole thing. But, I mean, what we listen to is staggering, guys. To listen to the FDA, FDA literally stand there and argue that they can't be held accountable even though we know they're wrong and they know they were wrong, shows you how broken all this is. But good things are happening regardless. But here's an important point to see how this goes forward. We should all know by now, based on all the evidence, that largely the thing kind of fueling this COVID-19 agenda illusion machine are the people that are taking the injections and then getting sick and getting hurt. So really, the first thing we should be doing is going, okay, where's the study to find out who didn't ever touch these injections and whether or not they're ever getting sick? Just like the vax versus unvax, which they still refuse to do, even though plenty of others like Brian Hooker and James Lyons-Weiler have already done that and proved that they're, I mean, it's staggering if you haven't seen those. Kids that never got any injections versus kids that got all of them. I mean, it is night and day, wildly more healthy in every single aspect. You think I'm lying? I've talked about it on this show. It's ridiculous. And yet we still argue that, oh my God, safe and effective. So in this case, if we know that these things are, in fact, leading, you know, using that and they're, and they're building this kind of narrative based on the things that they're giving, then they're going to maintain the illusion as long as they can. A lot of people got these things. But if they would do a study to check just the people that never got it and said, how well are they doing? Now, even, even including the potential overlap of spike protein shedding, which is real, none of those people are having the continual process, synthesis, the continual making of those spike proteins. Those people's immune systems have not collapsed. They may get sick from something passing through, but that gives them some form of immunity. You see my point? So people that never got these injections, whether they might have some form of antibody, are not going to be affected the way these people are. So we're not even talking about how it's being dealt with, what, whether you think the virus is there or not kind of concept. You're talking about the side effects, the ongoing immune system problems, the lymphocytopenia, the, the myocarditis. So we should, they should study that. I guarantee they'll never do that. But if you do, if you, I mean, somebody should do an informal version of that, actually. But see, the hard thing is, no, I don't trust any poll these days. Everyone out there's got an agenda. Everyone's trying to lie for what they want you to think is happening. So I just don't trust that stuff. Either way, though, we could have some kind of general way to figure this out. 
but I think we all see it. The writing is on the wall. And so inversionism points out something important. We just played this clip where she, uh, and this is her, this is uh, Kareen clumsily trying to, so we encourage everybody to encourage, to encourage, to get the new shot. What percent of Americans will take the next booster seeing as how only 17 to 20 took the last one? Well, I think we know, but he says, translation, get all your toxic shots. So mortality and illness goes back up dramatically. That way we can try for another pandemic lockdown to bring about the real great reset and total dissolution of society and sovereign nations into one global government. You know, the more, you know, but also on top of that, I think the idea of the lot, the, the, control for the election, mail-in ballots, whatever else. Now, I don't even mean that in the sense that I think that those ballots in any way affect the outcome of the election. If you're shocked by me saying that, make sure you look at my work about elections, and I'll get into that when we get closer. And by the way, I might be working a little bit with Pasta, as he's going to be doing a lot of election stuff. And like, I know my opinion is not necessarily as popular, even with my audience. Some people still think that it might be a value to do so. And so I'm going to work with Pasta a little bit to have some election coverage in general, seeing as how I don't think it matters at all. But he'll be there and he'll be helping us out to talk about some of that stuff. But overall, the ballot situation creates just absolute chaos. I mean, look at what's happening now. Right. I mean, they are literally still talking about ballots from 2020. That's my point, because it drowns out all of the important stuff and we're focusing on all this quibbling back and forth nonsense when my opinion is those things don't even have an effect. But I could be wrong, certainly. So ask questions. But overall, if you can make it look like it's getting worse, they can justify anything they want next. And some people genuinely worry that maybe the, some, maybe something real will happen. And then, you know, and then that would justify everything. That's a, that's a concern. I mean, I, if these people are failing at what they're doing, I wouldn't put it past them. I'm not trying to scare anybody. But like, I mean, we just talked about things in the past. Hundreds of times the U.S. government's admitted to testing chemical and biological weapons on the American population. It's very public. Operation Sea Spray is one of the most known. Or people, I think more than one person died when they sprayed some kind of bacteria over, over uh, San, San Francisco. Apparently that's even kind of coming back up today. Some new issue that they're like, well, that, they tested it all the way back then. And ever since it's been a problem. Yeah, what do you know? Being tested on. But David Cartland points out the reason this winter will be bad COVID winter is not due to more dangerous scariants, but more due to a mild illness taking its toll on the multiple vaccinated cohorts due to immune destruction and spike protein related comorbidity. I agree. Right. So I mean, you could look at it to one of two ways. That in general, this, these shots are super deadly, which they are, and they will cause all sorts of things that will sh- make it look like things are worse. They'll call everything COVID and long COVID, right, like they always did. But on top of that, the reason it's that pronounced is because the people taking those shots and whatever more they take or just whatever new cold they come across. An average cold or pneumonia is going to wreak havoc on these people because their immune systems, not my opinion, based on peer-reviewed science, has been destroyed. And so there you go. It's almost a perfect situation. Now, you could literally argue that this was not the plan, but yet that the situation is easy to take advantage of. I, I don't see how it makes sense to hurt all the people that follow along with your direction. That just seems like a, an interesting way to go. But either way, now you're stuck. You might as well take advantage. Now, Science Survivor points out Dr. Shaw, CDC Principal Deputy Director, argues that children over six months old should get a COVID shot. Still, that's happening now, guys. This is yesterday. How is that even possible? Like, I'm just, you know, I'm not, I I try not to be so, like, exacerbated, but I'm just, like, every time. And I shouldn't be because the same story. They don't care about what the science says. They're pushing their agenda. But what I don't get is why the average person within it all that might just trust the narrative but not know they're wrong 
do they not see the scientific studies coming out or they just ignore them because they kind of crux up, set up a narrative around it? Like, oh, that's so-and-so's and he's a debunked doctor. Therefore, that peer-reviewed science is not really peer-reviewed or whatever. But we know this is all the, the data shows that kids are not affected by this. If it's even actually what we're talking about or the fact that these things are a net harm for the younger generation, specifically in 27, that made it even worse for younger people on top of the fact that they weren't even touched by this during the original stuff or especially now. Again, if that's even what's happening. And now they're stepping back up with a new one that's not even tested on people at all, not even eight mice. And they just go, oh, yeah, but take we recommend this for everybody now. Even Biden said that. So it went from being for some people in certain circumstances to the new thing, even less tested is good for everybody. How do you not see how aggressively sinister this is? That's crazy to me. And even worse, guess what? Here's the Australian government. Since they got caught for the blank inserts, now we're just going to not even include them now. That's real. August 30th, 2023. Product information inserts are no longer required for injectable medicines. Not vaccines, just injectable medicines. So whatever gene therapy they want to push on everybody, they're not even required to give you informed consent anymore. But they'll still call it informed consent. They'll still say, did you watch the news? You're informed. Shut up. That's it. We're at a dangerous time, guys, because they know we know. That's crazy to me. Children's Health Defense points out approximately 100 colleges plus universities still have COVID-19 vaccine mandates. Can you believe that? Grace already pointed out early in this, like a week ago, two weeks ago, they're already shutting down schools already. Mandates for students to return to campuses. That's still happening, despite the fact that that got rolled back, that they're not even mandating this, but colleges are deciding to anyway. How is that legal? It was never legal to begin with. This is even less so. You're forcing people who have already paid for college to take a dangerous injection they don't need, they never needed, to go back to school. What if they have natural immunity? We're not even talking about these same things. Or what if they got the ones from before? Didn't you tell them that meant they were good? Like, this is so staggeringly ridiculous to me. And guess what? This is every, every single location you will find a highly vaccinated population in the world right now. And I mean specifically with COVID-19. You'll find this same thing. Deaths up 14%. Births down 28%. Disability up 37%. September 1st, wake up, politicians. This is from TCW Defending Freedom. This is everywhere. But but you know what? They're baffled, guys. They are baffled. Paul uh, Oster, you, uh, I don't know how to pronounce his last name, points out it's uh, Usterhus, I think. Wilson's size paper shows how the ABS, so coming off this point, that we're seeing excess death everywhere, in high vaccination areas. And the ones that didn't have high vaccination areas weirdly are the exact opposite, but we're so baffled. We're so baffled. The Australian Bureau of Statistics, you know, the ones right now that are hiding, or rather just Australia, the inserts, because, you know, transparency and informed consent, used computer models to hide Australians' excess death, now running at about 18.6% in 2022. Think about that. Maybe Neil, Neil Ferguson got involved, you know, told him, Here, here's how you make that happen. Here's how you lie about that with statistics. Don't forget, Scotland was the one that basically said, we're not going to investigate the neonatal deaths because that will create vaccine hesitancy, even though their neonatal deaths are spiking through the roof. But they care about children, though, right, guys? It's all about the children, except when we don't care about the children. Well, 
to finish off this first part of it, I think it's really important as we get back into the election aim that we make sure we understand that this was not just Biden or just Trump or whoever comes next or before. This has been a nonstop agenda as far back as I could look if you really want to understand how this connects. But just in the context of how Trump is now standing up, that's this is what spurred this point for me, is now coming up and saying, uh, <clears throat> where is it right here? You know, oh, we need to resist all the things that you were absolutely involved in creating. I don't buy that for a second. Like I say in the next tweet, we'll show you in a minute. Can't, why can't we realize they just say whatever they need to say to get elected? Oh, but Ryan, Trump's not a politician. Who cares? I'm not even calling them politicians. They're just people in positions of power. Anybody trying to be president will lie to you about anything. Who cares if they are a politician or whatever you want to frame that as? But let's go back a little bit. Right. So first of all, this isn't back. This is just a general. I'm not going to play the full thing, but just in a general sense, this is a great video by Milk Bar TV, which you should follow, who just who simply points out the reality of what what. Uh, let me see if this goes to the actual tweet. Yeah, so Donald Trump and the COVID vaccines, the elephant in the room. And I simply said at some point soon, and I really believe this, by the way, let's just say they can't get this to work, whatever that means. I'm, I really will think this will happen at some point soon. If the agenda continues to collapse, the narrative will become. Okay, we admit that there are some serious issues, but we have identified the core issue being Trump's rushed vaccine process. We will fix the next one. And far too many would buy it. People that want to believe that Trump's the problem, that's an easy sell. People that want to believe the vaccine was bad, but Trump is good, will even still kind of buy that. Because, well, with Trump was not the, he made the, that turned out bad, but then the, the people that want to buy that on Trump's side will say, but the Democrats sass, uh, uh, are lying about it, or they're, they're the ones that tainted it, or blah, blah, blah. The point is, both sides will grab onto that, and they'll go forward. Just like Cadillac said, no, no, it was just vaccine research problems. We'll get it better next time. Well, yeah. Oh, the main point is, we're going to keep going while you guys fight each other. But more vaccines on the way. Well, here's what Trump had to say and still is still to this day saying and promoting. The past nine months, my administration has initiated the single greatest mobilization in U.S. history, pioneering, developing and manufacturing therapies and vaccines in record time. I guess in a certain way, I'm the father of the vaccine because I was. One of those was Remdesivir, by the way. Let's not forget that. The right loves to kind of admit that part of it. Yes, he took Regeneron, but Remdesivir was the one in one of the ones involved in that very statement right there. Fauci's the one that pushed that and made that happen under Trump and then continue under Biden. Was the one that pushed it in record time. Yes, in a certain way, I'm the father of the vaccine because I was the one that pushed it. You know, to get it done in less than nine months was a miracle. No medical breakthrough of this scope and magnitude has ever been achieved this rapidly, this quickly. And we're very proud of it. Well, Fauci said it would take three to five years. He thought it was uh, something that just wouldn't be that effective because it would take so long to get. So right there, how easy would it be for them to go? Yeah, you see, Fauci said three years. Trump pushed it. He grudgingly went along and then just didn't want to break everyone's confidence, so they went along with it. Everyone would buy that. And that's not what really, I mean, yes, Trump was adamant about pushing this whole thing, but let's realize, guys, this was clearly a larger agenda. Whether Trump was aware of it or not, that's up for you to decide. Make sure you get to the president the information that a vaccine that you make and start testing in a year is not a vaccine that's deployable. So he's asking the question, when is it going to be deployable? And that is going to be at the earliest a year to a year and a half. I got it. Which that's not what's happened, right? 
They came out much faster. I'm done in nine months, and it was supposed to take anywhere from five to 12 years. If you had a different administration with different people, what we've done would have taken, in my opinion, three, four, five years, and it would have been in the FDA forever. We, I pushed the FDA like they have never been pushed before. I got, I got the FDA to do things that they... It was, it was pretty amazing what we were able to do. I broke their ass, okay? And you know who doesn't like me too much? The FDA. Because they were very bureaucratic. This is a Right, and how easy would that be for the FDA to go, yeah, it's his fault. They made us rush, and that's why we were being all sketchy, because we didn't want to expose the president, right? I mean, you can see how easily this would be sold. Very bureaucratic organization. I push them like they've never been pushed before. President Trump is pressuring the head of the FDA. The president wants Pfizer's vaccine authorized today. The president is threatening the head of the FDA that he must act now or lose his job. The average development timeline for the vaccine, including clinical tests and manufacturing, can take 8 to 12 years. Through Operation Warp Speed, we're doing it in less than one year. But I was in the chat makes the great point that I say I, this is the same thing I've said many times about him in particular that it, his, his hubris his ego makes him easy to manipulate right that's, that's not a fun thing for people to hear that want to support him but it's the truth I mean, all you need to do is read his books and read his stuff from before to understand who this person is and, and why he's not what he presents himself as as a Christian and a Republican you know it's just, it's just that's what that's what got him the power right and you could argue he truly loves the country and wants to do the right by the country that's up for you to decide but i don't know how he'd ever know that how he, what he feels and thinks that's kind of childish but at the end of the day because he's so clearly you know i mean that's why he i think right now he refuses to stand back from this and keeps claiming this as his legacy he knows what his audience thinks he knows what his supporters think and yet he's 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 even been shouted at by his own audience at, at rallies and then still doubles down and says it was a good thing Right. So it, it's just that could very well just be his ego, not wanting to admit that he was played. And that would make sense to me. But I do think it's a little more grand than that. I was able to get that done in nine months versus uh, versus five years to 12 years. This is five times end the pandemic once and for all. It works incredibly well. Ninety five percent, maybe even more than that. It works nope. incredibly well. Operation Warp Speed is one of the positives from the administration. And you've brought up the need for vaccines. You've actually told um, people to get vaccines. And I would recommend it to a lot of people that don't want to get it. And a lot of those people voted for me. Unpainful that vaccine shot is. So everybody go get your shot. I recommend you take it, but I also believe in your freedoms 100%. I believe. Now that's the part where they just grasp onto like a death, like the dying. They're on a ledge. Of, it's just so. But he didn't force it on anybody. Well, it's like, okay, you're, I'm not disagreeing that you may feel that way, but under Trump is where this all started. The declaration of emergency is what call, allowed everything after that. Everything. The, the Defense Production Act and all these different acts. Trump was the one that initiated most of everything that allowed what happened next. Just because you didn't say, you can argue he didn't personally make these things. The lockdowns happened because of his actions. The injections are killing people because he pushed it forward along with everybody else. Like you can't pretend, you can't decouple these things. Somebody even literally said, Trump, you know, Biden pushed and killed people. Trump gave me my immune system. I, saw, I literally saw a, tro a tweet like that underneath this video that we're playing. Gave you your immune system? Like, first of all, God gave you your immune system. Secondly, because he didn't force you to take a shot doesn't mean he did anything to your immune system. In fact, I mean, what about all the people that took it because he told he said they should? Don't you care about your fellow Republicans that also? I mean, they just it's so asinine to pretend like these are people that want to grasp onto a savior and just go, please make him the person. We, and I hope you're right. I hope he's the person you think he is.
Quite frankly, I think the evidence is astoundingly clear he's not, but I hope you're right. You're totally in your freedoms. I do. You got to do what you have to do. But I recommend taking... There is no but. There's no but in freedoms or constitutional rights. But you see, that's how that tends to, tends to work. Take the vaccines. I did it. It's good. Take the vaccines. But you got... No, that's okay. That's all right. You got your freedoms. But I happen to... He's, t- he's, speak- he's t- speaking to these people like they're children. You got your freedoms, though. You got your freedoms. It's just... I, I don't know why people can't see that. To take the vaccine. For political reasons, the governor... Uh, decided to say, and you know, I don't think it's good politically. I think it's very bad from a health standpoint, but uh, he wants to take his time with the vaccine. He doesn't trust with the aspect. That's what people are concerned about now. Do you have some concerns about the The pause was a very. Well, I always do, but you have to understand there are the pros and cons. Uh, if you could read some reports saying it was the greatest thing that's ever happened and we saved tens of millions of lives. Then you'll read other reports. You'll say there was some uh, problems with the vaccines sure. in terms of certain things, but but relatively small numbers. But, right. you know, you have many reports that say the vaccine saved tens of millions of lives, that without the vaccines, you wouldn't. Oh, so, that, so you say it first, then you quickly point out, could be bad, but everyone said. So on both sides of that, you make the point to say it was great and it saved everybody. So clearly we can see what he thinks. Have You know, you would have had a, a thing like we had in 1917 where – Perhaps 100 million people died. The vaccine. If they didn't take the vaccine. How is that not towing the line? It is one of the greatest achievements of mankind. We would have had a 1917. Remember the Spanish flu killed perhaps 100 million people. It was pneumonia. 90 something percent pneumonia. It's the same game they play today when they conflate those things. And even the HHS and the WHO have called out the CDC for doing that. And then all got drifted into the background. And they did it again. I think I saved many. I don't think. I know. I saved many. Yeah. People aren't dying. It's a very important thing to know. Uh, they don't get nearly as sick. And if you do get it, it's a very minor form. People aren't dying when they take the vaccine. How can you support that? All these people out there that know that's not true, who are supporting that and go, but he didn't force it. He literally laid out every single lie just the way he was supposed to, whether he knows that or not. And people took it thinking he was knowing what he knew. And they died because of it. They're disab- they, they lost their children because of it. They lost their ability to walk because of it. They're still sick to this day because of it, in many cases. There's no way you skip past that. You don't go, buddy wants to get reelected. So you're okay with letting children die so he can win the election? Well, that's pretty gross. Yeah. And we have lost people because of the support of the vaccine. Yeah. 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 She literally stands up and says, we lost people because you supported the jab. Here he goes on to say it's a good thing. Yeah. What, what do you think you would do there? Yeah, well, you know, everybody wanted a vaccine at that time. And I was. That's not true. Don't say that. Nope. Most of the people didn't, as far as I could tell. I was able to do something that nobody else could have done, getting it done very, very rapidly. But I never was for mandates. I, was, I thought the mandates were terrible. That's the saving grace. And they will take it as a dying grasp. Thank God, but he didn't force it. It's pretty weak. And, and you know, there's a big portion of the country that thinks that was a great thing. You understand that. Not a lot of the people in this room, but there's a big, but there is a big portion. Yeah, all the Democrats. <laughs> yeah, sell that one for me. I mean, the bottom line, guys, is that the, he, he knows it's very clear. And he's pushing it. It's very clear. The mandates were only possible because of his emergency. It's very clear. 
So I, it's just semantics, and it's just it's a childish lie. It's a, it's a childish fairy tale to tell yourself that this wasn't because of Donald Trump, in part. And yeah, I, I'll happily point out that Biden made this absolutely worse. But I think it would be the same thing in reverse. If Biden was elected first and Trump came after him, it'd be the same. As much as he would have a different narrative, the same thing would have happened, in my opinion. But I don't know why people can't see that. I, I hope I'm wrong. I truly hope I'm wrong. And then th- this is just that same point where he says, I think. Medical community, uh, most Republican governors did the right thing. And look, President Trump, I want to ask you about the vaccine. Uh, you know, it's this, it's, I, I just included it. was the clip that we kind of played in the other one. But I just said Trump continues to endorse the injections and that COVID was actually serious despite being less than the flu. This was uh, January 20th, 2023. He says, quote, you have many reports that say the vaccine saved tens of millions of lives. And without the vaccines, you would have had a thing like we had in 1917. Here's another one where he just simply saying the same thing. Listen, listen, Trump again says he did a great thing locking down the country. So all those people saying he didn't lock us down. He didn't force us. Well, yeah, he kind of did, though. And even he says something similar here. He was coming together. Then we got hit with COVID. We did a great job with COVID. It has never been acknowledged, but it will be in history. We did a great job with the ventilators and all the things we did. Because nobody knew what it was. Nobody had any clue as to what mm-hmm. it was. And we did a great job. And- and that's lockdowns, right? The emergency, the lockdowns, the ventilators, the hospitalization, all the, everything that happened. That was under Trump's administration. And yes, that continued later. And just because you want to point at individual areas and say the bottom line was it was all initiation of the emergency, which then trickled out. Very clear. Now, Thomas Massey adds something really important. If you think Trump's CARES Act was a necessary and compassionate response to COVID, you're not going to be able to vote your way out of this mess. It was the bill of sale for the whole scam that followed. That might have been hard to see at the time, but it's obvious now. Okay, so add one more layer to this, right? The entire, the, the financial essential buy-off, the, 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 the bribing of individuals and doctors, and this was what the CARES Act ended up becoming. You, you could argue he didn't know that, but I mean, at this point, how much are you going to pretend he was that unawares and, and, and completely out of the know, and yet you're going to vote for him again? <laughs> that seems pretty ridiculous. I think it's pretty clear that he was involved in a lot of this. But however you want to look at it, the bill of sale for the whole scam that followed. He wrote this in 2020. The stimulus package that just passed is the biggest wealth transfer from common folks to the super rich. Like, that was because of Donald Trump. Done in the name of a virus with a $1,200 check, says the cheese in the trap. And he, he praised that. Oh, thank you, guys. All it was was this. And then I showed Massey's tweet. I was just on uh, for the podcast. I had it on the wrong image. Now, I want to also include this that, that Derek wrote in 2020. Vaccine bait and switch. As millions pulled from the WHO, remember this whole scam? Trump gives billions to Gates-founded Gavi. Now, of course, all the people that supported Trump were like, yeah, he defunded the WHO. Well, he took so many million and then gave billions to Gavi, who was the chief funder of the WHO. Because that makes sense, right? All that was the bait and switch. People who aren't able to think past their shoelaces are going, yay, even though he literally then gave money to the piece of people that funded the WHO more than anybody, Gates and Gavi. It's pretty simple, right? So if we, we can look back to the beginning and see that this was all a game, whether he even knew it or not. I think he did. It all just was a reshuffling of information and money. And you can go back even further if you want. I wrote this in 2018, the bait and switch. 
Donald Trump and the new establishment. Now, that's a little too much for some people, I would argue, but take a look. You'll understand what we're getting at, that this was always the great divider, the way that this was a huge part of the manipulation long before COVID-19. Now, Graveyard Pirate points out, I hope you guys check out his work on his tiny home. It's looking pretty cool. Guess what, guys? Can you can you believe that this apparently is the greatest election of our lifetimes? Who didn't see that coming? How many how many times have we been saying that? Can you believe that Trump was the first one to say it? And even better, he says the greatest election of our lifetimes. Or in, oh, excuse me, in in the history of the country, which is slightly different because I think that's what you typically say is the biggest election in of our lifetimes or whatever. But he's saying in the country, so multiple lifetimes, right? He took it a whole step further. So realize when we laugh about that statement, because it's always really silly when every single time there's an election, whether midterms or not, they go, most important election of our lifetimes, every time. How is that possible? I'm not joking. You can look back as far as you want. They say it every single time. I always say it every time, but this one really is. That's what they've been saying the last five elections. Well, guess what? Trump's the first one out of the gate, as usual, to take that microphone and go, this one's mine. I'm the most election history in country. <laughs> it's just so silly. It's so silly. But if Trump's the one saying it, then people are going to buy it. Now, here is, and this is just Graveyard Pirate saying, I guess now instead of the most important election of our lifetime, it's ramped up to most important election of our, in our history of our country. Vote for me and the country will never be locked down again. It was like the first time I was POTUS. T-Lab called it again. <laughs> And then I post this, I post this out and it's, I'll play the speech for you. I think it's only yeah a minute and a half. I shall read this afterward. Here's what Trump had to say. Lunatics are trying very hard to bring back COVID lockdowns and mandates with all of their sudden fear mongering. Real quick. I know, I know we all see that. Obviously. Am I crazy? That this looks almost like an AI thing. Maybe it's the background. that's not real. I don't know. Even just the way he moves. I, I'm, I, I think I'm wrong. I think this is actually him speaking, but I don't know. I think it's interesting. It feels weird for some reason. You tell me if I, you think I'm crazy. About the new variants that are coming. Gee whiz, you know what else is coming? An election. They want to restart the COVID hysteria so they can justify more lockdowns, more censorship, more illegal drop boxes, more mail-in ballots, and trillions of dollars in payoffs to their... Okay. Now, do you think he believes that? Or do you think Trump is just smart enough to hear what everyone's saying and repeat it back to us? Except the one thing that he, okay, let me put it this way. If you think he's repeating back to us what he heard, ask yourself why he somehow manages to not hear or is ignoring that all those same people are saying ejections are killing people and they're dangerous and it's a bioweapon. And you knew, I guess he just missed that part. My point is he clearly sees what people are saying. It's right there. That's what everyone is saying. And that's going to connect with a lot of people, including even people on the left that are like, yeah, it's all starting again. And I don't believe this. That's a lot of people. That's the majority of people in general, guys, left or right, or the reality, it's all a big illusion. But Trump's good at that. He knows how to tap into. That's why he's like, Clinton, lock her up. JFK, 9-11. Well, what happened with all that stuff? Oh, that's right. Absolutely nothing. Same thing's happening again. Their political allies heading into the 2024 election. Does that sound familiar? Yep. Vote no one 2024. These are bad people. These are sick people we're dealing with. But to every COVID tyrant who wants to take away our freedom, hear these words. We will not comply. So don't even think about it. We will not shut down our schools. We will not accept your lockdowns. We will not abide by your mask mandates. And we will not tolerate your vaccine mandates. Good. 
Whether or not he means what he's saying, good. We should all be saying that. That's what everybody should be saying. So don't let's not frame this as me not being on the same path. That's exactly what we should all be saying. My point is he's just tapping into what everybody thinks right now and just yelling it back at us. Hey, that's a smart political tactic. Just don't think, in, I don't believe it. Let's put it that way. And I think it's very clear that half of what he's saying, he's responsible for. So whatever. They rigged the 2020 election, and now they're trying to do the same thing all over again. They all do all By the rigging the most important election in the history of our country. The there it is. In the history of our country. First one to do it. It'll happen again next time. Midterms and the next one after that. And I'll say it again then, and we can all laugh about it again. 2024 election. Even if it means trying to bring back COVID, but they will fail because we will not let it happen. When I'm back in the White House, I will use every available authority to cut federal funding to any school, college, airline, or public transportation system that imposes a mask mandate or a vaccine mandate. Okay, so let's say he gets elected and that happens. And all the people with support are going to go, yay, he saved us from COVID. Meanwhile, he's going to usher in a technocratic security state based on some border security concept or whatever, whatever flimsy thing that gets everyone to ignore how clearly this is the Great Reset. And they'll be blinded by it because, well, he stopped the mass mandates. Probably the point, if you really want to break it down. I just it, it's so easy to see how the illusion works. And people are too afraid to challenge it because they side with their part. It's a tribalism. It's a team sport politics game. I hope I'm wrong, guys. I hope that I'm wrong. I hope Trump is going to save us all from the bad guys. I just don't think that's the reality. And I think there's plenty of evidence to back it up. Thank you very much. No, I should have just let it finish right there. Anyway, now, I, I, just, just, I just really hope we can express skepticism. Like people with the savior complex that just flip out when you challenge anybody, whether that's RFK or Trump, it just shows you everything. Which, of course, we should be able to have an intellectual conversation about these individuals and, and criticize them without being emotionally charged about it. That's just sad. It shows you that you look up to them like some kind of a hero, and that's dangerous. These people should be criticized by all of us, even our supporters, because they're, pe they're government. Didn't we learn? Did we listen to the founding fathers or anything they ever said about exactly how we should be engaging with this process? Apparently not. Apparently not. We just went right by it. Well, as I said in general, what I'm saying, oh, I'll, re I'll read what I said here. Why can't we see people running for office will say whatever to get elected? He brought you COVID emergency, then, which allowed everything else. He's still proud of the deadly shot to this very day. They're all the same, guys. Oh, so they stole the election, but vote harder this time? I don't know why people can't factor that in. How? Okay, if they stole the election, which is what he still claims, and I believe they've all cheated. I Look, let's put it this way. They cheated, absolutely, without question. I just always make sure to point out that I think they've been cheating on all sides of this from far back as we can look. But I agree with them. They definitely did cheat. I think there's a mountain of evidence. But so then explain for me why that won't happen this time. So vote again in a system that we know is altered and cheating on both sides. I mean, that, that's ridiculous. It is, it's patently ridiculous. But I said it's no different than this, which I also do not believe. There is Vivek saying he, he vows to publish the Epstein client list. Well, I don't buy it for a second. And if it is, it probably won't be complete if, if, it, if or everyone we already know about, not the rest of them. And the point is, these are people saying what they want us to hear. That's what I think. Now, on, on the voting and, and the politician side of this, I just had to play this. And I've already played the clip, but here's the full clip that I think really does flesh this out a bit more. And Gareth Ike makes the point that everybody's been here, been thinking uh, regarding this. And as much as you it's, hard, it's easy to feel bad for how clearly this guy is scared and confused and, and, and old and senile, 
These are bad people that have done bad things to a lot of people. And so Gareth, and then Gareth adds to that, well, next time someone sneers when you tell them politicians are merely puppets and not the decision makers, show them this video. Because someone is making decisions in the U.S. Senate, and it clearly is not this guy. Watch this full clip. This is wild because it's even, why would they allow him to stay at the press conference? He is having a stroke or completely lost, and they just let it keep going and, like, answer the questions for him. My thoughts about what? Running for real. He says, what am I talking about? What? That's where it starts. Freezes oh. up. Right there, guys. That's a problem. Everybody in this room is like, okay, yeah, there's a problem. Did you hear the question, Senator? Running for re-election in 2026? Yes, and then silence. All right, I'm sorry, you all. We're going to need... Yeah. So my point, right there, everybody's aware of what's happening. Yet, nobody, nobody says a word. If you're in the press room and you don't acknowledge what's going on, you're not a journalist. This is a man who is making decisions, who has authority, who clearly is having a mental problem. And you don't go, what's happening right now? Can you let us know what's happening? You know, something. I mean, it's just embarrassing. They skip right past it, and she does not end this. Calls for help. Look, and, and by the way, if you're not picking up on it, she tries to grab him and move him, and he will not move. My opinion, he's terrified. He's confused, and he doesn't know what's happening. Watch her try to grab his arm, and he won't Sorry, move. you all. We're going to need a minute. We're going to need a minute. Winks Listen. at the crowd. Thank Obviously, you. we all know what's happening. Look, she's trying to move him. That's why he called him over. Okay. And they all just pretend Somebody like nothing else happened. have a question? Please speak up. Senator Daniel Cameron, uh, do you have a comment on Daniel Cameron? Well, I think the government's race is going to be very close. Now, he starts off saying the governor's race is going to be very close. And can, proceeds to pretty much mumble, and nobody says anything. Uh, far and away the best candidate we could have nominated. And... Uh, He's not even making sense at the end. One more? That's, he, she just, one more, just runs right over the top. He wasn't even making sense at the end right there. He's just mumbling. What is your reaction on Trump's latest indictment? Would you support him as a nominee? It's a question about Trump. Yeah, I'm not going to comment about the, the presidential race. Either, either on the Republican side or the Democrat side. Okay, thank you all. Okay. Thank you. Sorry, thank you. My God. I mean, you re- what do you think the world sees when they watch this, guys? Biden can barely walk. McCon- McConnell is, you know, I mean, these people, and it's not just left or right. There's, do you realize how many people over like 80 are in Congress? It's, it's ridiculous. Take a look at how many. Make, so we've gotten insight into the there's like a I forget the office name inside the White House or the Capitol, both which have, you know, medications, largely the Capitol for the people of Congress. And it got revealed how many of them were on like uh, a, uh, ge- geriatric medications for like senility. Yet we're not allowed to know who, but it was unbelievable how many were taking it. And so yet this all goes forward.
clearly we need to realize that these people are not in charge. I think whether or not he could speak properly or not, that's the case. It's very sad. And as I said, there's no reason somebody in this condition should be allowed to remain in the position of power where decisions are made that affect people's lives. Cough, cough, Biden. Right. The point is that it's not about being kind or compassionate as much as it's impossible not to be like it's just if you're a compassionate person, whether or not, you know, this person's a war criminal, it's you know, it's just reactive. You just you just feel bad. I feel sad for that person who could barely think right there. And he's scared, clearly. But then I'm he's a bad person, though. Well, overall. It's not about compassion. These people are in positions of power. So either they're being puppeted by somebody like somebody around them. Or they're making terrible decisions without any full information. Or both. I said, but maybe we're beginning to realize these people aren't the decision makers. Well, in the concept of decision makers, elections and voting and lying, let's get into how Twitter is going to play a role in how this goes forward in a really aggressive way. It's getting unbelievably bad right now. Like it's it, for, those of the, for those of you out there, you know that people, a lot of us have been calling this out from the very beginning. From the moment this all took over, <clears throat> we were calling out the, the, the illusion of the Twitter files, and we just pretend like that just, just drifts into the background. Nobody comments on the fact that there was never any source material. All the things that we were laughed at, we were telling you, we were telling you it was going to happen this way, and all the Elon bros were going, you're so stupid, we, it's all going to come, just pay, you just are conspiracy theories, whatever. Here we are. No Fauci files, no source material. And now half of the people on this platform think that screenshots are enough to, sell, to convince you of a truth, even though how easily they are to manipulate. Well, first of all, before we even get into the craziness that's happening on Twitter, I was trying to embed one of Josh Walkos, Walkos's older tweets about John Money in regard to the gender. I, I, Derek Rose just wrote a, a three-part. I think it's going to go four or five possibly, but so far three parts on a really important series called Identity Crisis. First one was gender identity history, puberty blockers, and hormones. You know, it's, if you guys, I mean, the reason that I've even put it off on a larger segment is because it's completely collapsing in and of itself right now. As we pointed out before, the Tavistock Institute closed. Most countries around the world are beginning to roll back these things. As usual, as the United States gets worse, <laughs> Typical for the most propagandized nation in the world, but people around the world, everywhere, they're, even the Dutch, Sweden, all these areas that were like the leaders in this are all rolling it back. They're now restricting these things to anybody outside of clinical trials. They, this is an agenda. These children were, I mean, some of the, I mean, depending on how you look at it, the ones that died, you could call that, you could say that they were murdered. At the very least, their lives were destroyed based on something we could prove that people knew was not safe. I'm going to get to that larger segment, but you guys know all the information. We broke that down very early. But my point is, he was putting this out. I tried to go back to Josh Walkos's previous tweets, and Twitter won't let me embed his tweets. And Josh's tag no longer even shows up when it's typed out. Look at this. This is what it says. Oh, sorry, that's not found, even though it's there. And I, I, it's right there. I can show it to you. You can watch it. The point is, and of course, it doesn't pop up. Neither does Robert Inlakesh's, probably mine for other people. But as Josh, as Josh Walkos told, tells me, they have now been censoring and restricting. Oh, I think he commented down here. Yeah. He says, thanks for pointing this out. It's getting ridiculous. No explanation, no course of action to rectify this, and no way of knowing if it will ever end. He says, I'm so glad I've spent so much time researching and composing all these threads just to be censored for no reason. They don't care. They're just dismissing what he's saying. They keep turning down his appeals. Right now, he's, he's shadow banded in nothing. His threads can't be tagged. Why? Probably because he's pointing out the holes in the transgender conversation. 
That and the Israeli focus seems to be the two biggest issues right now for the Yak and the ADL and Elon apparently as well. But the point is that this is rapidly escalating right now. And it's only going to get worse. So this is an early indication of even people that are, you know, I mean, he, he's been, I think, reasonably, you know, uh, is a, a blue check, right? I mean, somebody that is to some degree or another leaning into the Twitter discussion. Skeptical, though, as Josh is on most things. I respect that. Nonetheless, though, censored. As a lot of other people, some of them are seriously right-leaning, even like outwardly screaming praise of Elon Musk, and then still got censored and are still being censored. Just think about how ridiculous that is. Now, if you want to follow this series, I'm going to make a page for it in general, but you can find the, the next episode or the next article at the bottom of each one. It's a really good series. You check it out. He's doing a great job. But as Thomas Massey also points out, this has the foul odor of censorship or worse, What the hell is accurate political discourse? Well, it means whatever they decide is the political thing to say. So this is like saying they stole the election. Well, if they decide that's not accurate, well, they won't let you say it. But that's not even freedom of reach. That's not freedom of speech or freedom of reach. That is straight up old school Twitter censorship. And it's right back to where it was. In fact, it's far worse right now. Here's X safety. Twitter has a responsibility to put the right systems in place to ensure our communities have open access, access to open, accurate, and safe political discourse. Guys, that is inherently contradictory to free speech. Safe spaces and political discourse? I mean, politics, especially today, is very aggressive. That's why we're hiring more people, updating our policies, and evolving our products. So censorship is coming. Great. Great. Good to know. Well, Alert Channel points out that X has updated its privacy policy to reflect that X may collect biometric data. Fingerprints, face scans, eyes. Yep, that's all happening. ID verification will come in two weeks. And yes, that's been backed up by New York Post and others. Spirit points out Elon Musk X to collect biometric information, job history. Remember we just showed you Getter? There's all these people pointing out how it's all getting bad. I point out the Trump platform. It's like just asking for every, your, your, I mean, like literally everything. It was so stupidly invasive. And it's all about verification on Getter. Asking for your job and your personal information and something, some Chinese that I couldn't, I don't even know why Chinese popped up. Isn't Bannon the one hosting all of his stuff on Getter? Are they like super anti Chinese? And it's like asking you stuff in Chinese writing. I don't know. It's ridiculous. But all of these platforms are the same. It's all going in the same direction. Other than the free speech platforms that are actually made that way, like a Sovereign or an Odyssey or uh, you know other ones that have shown that way, I think like Gab and, and some of the others that are very clearly in the direction of not censoring people for anything, including things that might get people in trouble. The point is that's an actual free speech platform. These are not. And all of them are out there trying to scoop in all of your information, but those are mostly the partisan platforms. Trump's platform, Elon's platform, or whatever the left people are using today. But here's the X update from Twitter. Twitter confirms this policy on biometrics is tied to upcoming rollout of optional ID verification for premium subscribers. So first of all, always how it starts. That first of all, benefits, then a, a loss of benefits if you don't comply, and then eventually you have to because of X, Y, and Z. My point is that, first of all, I'm not, in, nobody who, un, who cares about what this all is should do this. Nobody should comply with this. First of all, what's going to happen is people that have a check are going to lose that, and then you're going to lose, <laughs> in my case, I'll lose all the things that I never got. But the point 
is that this will first make you lose that. And I guarantee that it will be like staggeringly suppressed, which is what they already basically said. But then it's probably going to go further. So I'm not going to comply with this and nobody else should. If all you do is lose your blue check, then whatever. But my gut tells me it's going to get pushed. And when that happens, then I guess we're going to leave Twitter because I'm not going, I'm, I'm going to make them censor me, but I'm not going to comply with this. And nobody should. As I said, no, never not happening. So I guess this means we won't be on this platform much longer. So be sure to follow us on the lastamericanvagabond.com. Chief Nerd, Nerd points out something very interesting. The, the major, major League Baseball is testing an AI-powered facial recognition system for fans to enter the ballpark. What interesting timing. You mean right as Elon rolls out his facial recognition scans, they're going to do the same thing? Weird. It's almost like they're all connected in the same direction. It's everywhere, guys. This is right out of China, even though they all scream bad guy China. Right off the bat, baseball fans finding themselves in a game of hardball while just trying to get into the stadium, fidgeting with phones, or even worse, paper, but no more. So realize right out of the, right out of the gate, why would it ever make sense for a business to box out possible patrons? So if you don't have a phone, you can't get in. That's it. Just like everywhere else we're seeing this. If you don't have the phone, you can't get into Whole Foods now. If you don't have your, all these different, they just say, too bad. Oh, you got cash? Sorry, we don't accept cash anymore. You're turning down sales? When has that ever been something that makes sense? Unless there's a bigger agenda. That's the point. Your face, now your only ticket into the ballpark. Yeah, it was much quicker. Almost seems too good to be true, doesn't it? <laughs> Major no, League it Baseball. Sounds terrifying. Why do they have your face scan in the first place? Likely because they had to give their face scan to get the tickets to be able to go. And then on the way in, they go, oh, face scan. Why? Oh, we got to ensure that your tickets weren't stolen <laughs> or whatever dumb narrative they give you. No, no, it's about facial scans and biometric data. That's what it's about. Rolling out go-ahead entry which allows fans 18 and older to upload a photo and register on the MLB Ballpark app. All set. Once tickets are also uploaded, go-ahead technology at the gate will recognize yep. those opted-in fans, letting them simply just walk in. Now, here's the exactly, there's the point. That's how it starts. Oh, you get to cut to the front of the line. Hey, why not? Incentivize you, right? Oh, here's a little bit, so here's some pennies from, from Twitter. Sign up and put your biometric data in, right? It's a little incentivizing. Then eventually it goes, well, if you don't, you'll lose this, right? If you don't, you're going to get the bad seats. Eventually it becomes do it or everyone's going to die or whatever the narrative. Kill, you'll kill grandma if you don't. I say this every time, but it's, it's like clockwork. Watch as it happens. Why don't you just be moving straight through this, right? Just, just keep going. walking. Just keep walking. Just as you would normally walk in life, you just keep walking. MLB partnering yep. with the Philadelphia Phillies. So right, what she's saying right there is that that is not a way you have to, you don't have to stop and line up in the right box. Nope. You just walk by and it's going click, click, click. It's getting, or not even click. It's not even accurate to the way these things work today. It's just a stream that's just catching your face scan in real time. You know, sort of how you turn your phone on and just grab, it'll just catch whatever QR code you didn't even mean to go by. And then your phone from your data from your phone just got siphoned off. Or you just got sold something you're dumb. Like nobody should be playing with those QR codes. It's like the worst, most insecure thing in the world. Probably why. My point though is that that's how that works. It just it, it just grabs it. So that is what's going to be deployed everywhere. These things are going to be. And, the, and my my point is already happening in airports and elsewhere. Scan, 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 scan constantly. That's happening in China. You know those pictures they have with the green boxes on everyone's face. That's happening. That's what they're doing here. Of course, it's being sold to you in a fun, cheeky way about getting front row seats, but it's going to get much more dark than that. 
who stepped up to the plate to launch this high-end facial authentication tech exclusively at Citizens Bank Park. Lines as long as ever with Philly fans looking for another World Series run. I just can't believe how willfully ignorant these people are. Like, I'm not trying to be mean, but it's just like, what, you're just going to sign up to give away your biometric information because you get to the front line? I mean, and like, I wasn't even thinking about this in general. Like, it's almost, the things they're giving in rest- return are, like, you know how much, how valuable that actually is? <laughs> you're getting pennies. Like, but my point is, as everything gets worse and people have less money than ever, even the benefits they give people are cheaper. On a quick side note, I was watching this show that was on TV. And it's like these people are trying to survive some super dangerous thing. And they're like, the winners get $1,000. And I'm like, or $100,000, excuse me. But even then, I'm like, $100,000? These these game shows on TV used to be like a million-dollar prize. Now you, like, these people are literally watching the poor compete and fight each other for pennies. And they're going, they're just yakking it up. That's what it feels like to me. They're giving people, they're, they're like risking their lives in these competition shows for basically for $100,000. What's it going to last you a couple of months? I mean, I mean, more than that, most likely for most. But my point is that it's not a lot of money in the sense of how the world operates today. But I think this people are just getting hosed, right? They're getting scammed. Impact the energies like never before. And uh, this is now, well, in any case, that's happening. So to go forward. I think that was it there. Yeah. So to go forward. Here is a conversation or a tweet that was in, in uh, uh, captioned by Yaccarino of Jonathan Greenblatt from the ADL, who I've been telling you from the very beginning has been working and driving what's happening on Twitter. That's the whole reason the freedom of reach or freedom of speech concept came. It came from an ADL post that was driving what what Twitter did. And here's what he says. I had a very, and this is on the 30th, and of course, no comments because that's what honest people do. I had a very frank and productive conversation with the Yak, Mr. Yaccarino, about Twitter. What works and what doesn't and where it needs to go to address hate effectively on the platform. Okay, so address something that's not against the law. Great. So you guys are setting the law now. Is that, is that what you're saying? Yes. We're deciding what is legal or not. We're deciding what is hate speech or not. Okay, so what's that clip we always play from, uh, from Jordan Peterson where he's telling you what kind of person will gravitate towards that kind of control? The idea that there's hateful speech, it's like, yeah, okay, that's self-evident. No problem. Well, let's regulate it. Okay, Fair enough, because it's hateful. You know, maybe we rather that there wasn't any of it. Okay, no problem. Who defines hate? Well, we'll worry about that later. It's like, no, you won't. That's actually the problem. Here's the answer to who defines hate. Those people that you would least want to have define it. That will be the inevitable consequence of the legislation. Because sensible people won't have anything to do with that. Like people who are power mad will gravitate to that domain to make an ethical case to exercise their controlling power over the language of other people. No, and I've had journalists say, well, what makes you think that your right to free speech trumps the right of someone to not be offended? And I think that's really the level of our political discourse. Scary. It's truly scary. So now they're discussing on the free speech platform. Yay, free speech! what they're going to censor based on hate speech. He says, I appreciated her reaching out and I'm hopeful the service will improve. All right. So the point is what they mean is hate speech is saying the Israeli government committed a crime. Now, look, there's obviously what you would call hate speech, whatever you think that is, which is their free speech. They're allowed to say these things because that's their right. But yeah, there's some pretty gross and disgusting things people could say. 
pejorative terms. Well, you know what? The where that's happening a lot right now that we pretend doesn't matter. Ukraine against Russians or anybody on Twitter against Russians, but that's the acceptable level of hate because they're, they're the ones we're allowed to hate right now. Maybe in, the, in a few minutes, it'll suddenly shift to another bad guy focus, but that one's the one. So that's okay. So you guys are hypocrites, first of all. But the point is that it's about protecting the people that you want to protect, not just anybody who's hateful because you can absolutely be hateful against white people on this platform right now. No question. But reverse, it's not. And look, you can, whatever, what the, whether you think that's acceptable or not is up to you. The bottom line is it's a hypocritical stance. I appreciated her reaching out, and I'm hopeful it will improve. ADL will be vigilant and give her and Elon Musk credit if the service gets better and reserve the right to call them out if it doesn't. That's a veiled threat, or on the surface almost. But Twitter saving free speech, right, guys? That doesn't matter whether you agree with this or not. You cannot play that line. That's not free speech. That's censorship based on a subjective framing of what they deem hate speech. And I'm going to prove it to you right now, the double standard. Well, first of all, John Ray says he told Gavin Newsom to go jump in a lake. Okay, well, first of all, jumping in a lake is not anything other than jumping in a lake. Now, did he mean that in a sense of a negative thing? Well, you can assume that. But how could you possibly know? What if he meant, let's go jump in the lake and have fun? Obviously, I think we know what he meant, but the point is they can't. That's an assumption. So that's them at Twitter deciding to censor him because that's what they did because he said, go jump in a lake. Now, is is that deadly? Do you jump in a lake and die? Well, no. I mean, that's really dumb, but because they feel like this person is doing certain things that are negative against a certain person, they're going to decide, oh, he's John Ray. Oh, then he meant it this way. That's what's happening, guys. That's censorship. That is, that's not even hate speech. That's just, we don't politically like that, which is what they're talking about. Any idiot knows that means take a hike. He says, I was immediately suspended for promoting suicide. Go jump in a lake? He appealed, almost instantly denied. Nothing has changed. That's the status of this. Where are all those right Elon supporters that are too scared to point out that that's not okay? Slow News Day points out, as we've continued to point out, as he has as well, Garland Nixon is still being censored. Now, here's, what, here's another evolution part. Like, it's not just the biometrics and the scan. This is going even more obvious. Not commercially viable is apparently something they can use to censor you from this platform. Did you know that? That's not hate speech. That's not free speech. That's not freedom of reach. That's just like, oh, we don't like you. You know what that is? That is the advertising level censorship that happened with YouTube and with old Twitter, right? That their advertisers didn't like what you were putting out, so that brought down their sales. So we just kick you out of the way. So what exactly changed? Oh, Elon's there, and it's worse than ever. But that's free speech to some people. Reclaim the net post new Twitter terms to start in September include the old Twitter clause. They brought it back that it can be banning. You could ban you for not being commercially viable. It's right in there. It's you could look it up right now. People are I mean, this is what we talk about all these stories, whether it's Maui or anything else, guys. There are people out there that will scream just like Trump did to get elected. Anything to get you to click on their website, to get you to follow, to get them to donate. And that people will say that about me. Question it. Sure. Maybe they're right. I know they're wrong. The point is you should question everybody out there. There are so many people that are pushing lies, partisan, comfortable lies that get people to go and but I mean, and you know them. There's so there's one person that I'm not gonna point out because I'm tired of pointing out these same children out there that are lying to everybody. 
I'm just tired of giving them any name and putting their name out there. But there's this very conversation. Somebody out there that's pointing, oh, here's a here's the way to, you know, something about just accountability with a bunch of nooses. And the point is, okay, well, yeah, that's very clearly we're going to hang people. He should be allowed to say it. But the point is, people that aren't doing that, but are coming out and saying things like, well, here, before I even get to that, first of all, Garland Nixon is being censored. Still, nothing's happening about that. Where are all the supporters that support Garland Nixon? I don't hear anybody except a few of us shouting about Garland Nixon. Where are they? Left or right? Weird how they're completely silent. On top of that, this guy, uh, this is Paranoid American. Uh, this, I just had a great interview with, that, with, uh, with Nathan and, uh, I'm blanking on his name off the top of my head. They're good guys. Anyway, the point was, his Twitter account got flagged and censored momentarily simply for trying to DM me. Oh, it's Reality's Ours podcast. That it, 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 they got locked, and he had to prove he was not a bot and do the the Arcos challenge to be able to come back. Suppression and social engineering in real time. Remember when the Yak Yakarino said most people, when given the warning, correct the action themselves. That's what this is. This feels like a warning to make people second guess engaging with me. My opinion, but think about that. Uh Uh-oh, you're locked. Maybe reconsider reaching out to Ryan, giving him information. It's all over the place. Doom. Doom. One of our biggest supporters and one of the the T-Lab crew. He's been here from the very beginning. Censored on Twitter. Permanently suspended. He said, Oh, wait, did I not include it? I think it was right here. I swear I had this in here. Son of a gun. I don't want to take time to try to find it right now, but I swear, I guess I put the wrong image up there. Okay. Well, anyway, the bottom line was it was not, it was basically saying something that was, uh, you know, uh, about hanging, like, you know, account, you know, they need, oh, it was like, uh, gall- guillotines or something like that. Like one of those statements that you know, these people are criminals. They need to get marched to the gallows or something like that. Which, by the way, is effing everywhere, guys. It is everywhere. Look up nooses and, and guillotines and execution. It's flipping everywhere on this platform. But because he is a person that is clearly, in my opinion, aligned with T-Lab, but also out there challenging narratives, well, he's one we don't want out there saying, so we're going to use that excuse to get rid of this guy. And again, my point of the guy I'm not going to talk about is over here going, look at the, let's, here's how you make a noose. Let's get these people today. That's, and no big deal there. Huge following which none of them should be censored. Both of them have the right to say it. But of course, he gets censored. Now here's a perfect overlap. And please, reach out to Twitter. Tell them this is absurd. Mad Matt points out, I got the same message three days ago for asking a question. They restored this one. Do you know why? Because it was about bad guy Russians. Right? So here's what he said. He added Hillary Clinton after she said something stupid about, you know, not speaking of, you know, no hate speech and, and being nonviolent. And he tags all the guns, but let's go kill some Russians. Am I right? Obviously, that's a good point. So it's okay to be like, murder them, bad guys. But then you pretend like nonviolence is the way to go. But here's my point is something flagged that because, you know, kill something. Oh, no, hate speech. But then they went, oh, wait a minute. He meant Russians. Okay, he's okay then. Put him back, which is literally what happened. Suspension, but then reinstated. Whereas Doom said something more abstract and got censored entirely, immediate response, immediate uh, 
immediate appeal and immediate turn down, like within moments. That's happened to me a couple times. Instant, instant response. I mean, there's times when you don't get a response for months, but instantly turned down after that, that was on choice. But yeah, killing. So right now you can go anywhere on Twitter and you'll find all sorts of derogatory things about killing Russians, murdering people in Ukraine, shooting journalists that say the wrong thing. But that's all okay because, you know, bad guy Russia. Even if it's even if we're talking about U.S. journalists in Donetsk, but, you know, bad guy Russia and by abstract anybody even supporting them, it's okay to threaten them, kill them, put them on lists. That's okay. But Doom suggesting that politicians that are treasonous should be dealt with in in classical terms. We understand and based on the way this country's always been execution. Suddenly, that's a problem. Now, I don't I do not go in that direction. I don't support violence and I don't think that's the right way to go. But either way. Do you realize that right now in this country for insurrection and treason, death is still the penalty? So what are they talking about? Well, they don't like people. The point is they use these things to censor who they want to. Immediate appeal, immediate request turned down. But here's Elon. Join the Xbugs and Features community if you want to help improve the product. Here's Adam with a huge following, I believe. Oh, no, that's the wrong guy. There's somebody with 100,000. But this guy just says, free speech will win. That's just sad. Either he thinks that and he's silly and very sadly wrong, or he's saying that because he wants the attention of Elon. Either way, to argue this is free speech, and you can argue the platform is better. You can argue that what you think is happening is good, but you can't can pretend it's free. Even they say it's not free speech, guys. It's just stupid. Oh, look at that. Lucas Gage has banned, banned the ADL spaces right now. My God, though, how dumb. Well, outside of Twitter... As that sprints in the direction of technocracy, despite everyone screaming free speech, it's happening everywhere. I mean, we're in a, you know why this is happening, not just on Twitter, but everywhere? Because they're losing control. That's a good thing, if you really understand how clear it is that they are now engaging with what we set as a narrative. Every single time. Every single time. It's almost like they're trying to get ahead of it now, coming out going, here's what the conspiracy theorists will do. That never used to be the way it was. They used to disregard us like we didn't matter calling us conspiracy theorists, even though we're just people trying to investigate and being more honest and accurate than they are 99.9% of the time. But overall, now we're the ones setting the narrative, and we all see it. We all see it. Michael Schellenberger points out the idea that EU governments are forming truth ministries. Like, can you even believe that? Right out of Orwell, Ministry of Truth. To censor their citizens sounds like a conspiracy theory, but it's not. It's happening at this moment. And when asked how they will make sure politicians don't abuse it, they refuse to answer. Think about how ridiculous that is. This is outrageous. As you know, today the EU Digital Services Act came into effect, which will attempt to regulate so-called misinformation on social media platforms, and your own government's electoral commission will fulfill a similar role nationally. So is it not dangerous for democracy that powerful state institutions will get to decide what is and isn't true? I think this is actually a very important development um, for Ireland. So while the the European Commission, um, you know, leads on implementation and and enforcement, uh, you know, provides the member states of establishment, you know, to share responsibility depending on the circumstances of any particular situation. I think what we've done with Commission Neman and and setting that up as a regulator um, will, will protect children, um, most, mostly, uh, uh, that's the priority, children um, from harmful content online, and I, I, I welcome this today. Sure, but I'm asking about the misinformation. That's always how they play this. 
Right. And I care that is because they think they've tapped in to what the Republicans, I think, largely are pointing at, which is a true thing. That there is a very big problem in powerful positions of people abusing both sexually and otherwise people are, who are vulnerable, largely children. What's what's disgusting about that is even saying the way I just did, I guarantee there's somebody watching that goes, oh, that's so stupid. What a conspiracy theory. I guess they just forgot about Epstein. Yeah. Oops. The whole very real reality that this the very real situation that was sexual blackmail in posi- people in positions of power. They got totally exposed and we never got a client list and all that, you know, totally fake news, though. It's very real that this is happening. And of course, the point is that they then use that conversation to get people to think this is about saving children. So then when you say this is bad, they go, don't you care about children? They don't care about the children. If they cared about the children, they wouldn't have allowed all the dangerous sexual mutilation that's been happening to them for the last three years that we're now proving was dangerous the whole time and that they knew that. And now it's all being rolled back or they wouldn't be using children slaves around the world to get their lithium or on and on and on and on. Or all the child, I mean, you go off forever. The point is they're using that. This is about exactly what you think it is. ...side of it specifically, whatever about child, the misinformation side of it. Um, from harmful content online, and I, I, I welcome this today. Sh- sure, but I'm asking about the misinformation side of it specifically, whatever about child protection, that's a whole separate issue. I mean, is it right for government and state institutions to be able to say what is and isn't true? Look, I, we, we have, um, when it comes to misinformation, it's actually, it would point to the, the whole value of public service broadcasting and why we need uh, uh, reliable um, information. And I think under the, the DSA, you'll see that every state will designate a body to, to the, the DSC, and we have that uh, person um, that was John Evans was appointed as a digital services commissioner in Ancomishun, and, and I, I welcome the development. But, but I'm sorry, that's, that's not an answer to the question. I'm asking you, do you think it's right and healthy for democracy for the government and the state to be able to decide what is and isn't true is, is have you have you done any assessments for example to make sure that these regulations aren't abused or, or overused I, I think everything that that we see in misinformation um, anything that can prevent misinformation is to be welcomed so, so you haven't done any assessment then to well, the, ensure the that the DSA this would, 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 um, would lie with uh, Minister Coveney's department, but Commissioner Neman lies with me. Minister, in relation. Minister, just on the Digital Services Act again, is, is it really good enough that you, you failed to answer the question earlier about whether or not it's acceptable for the state to uh, regulate information that people are allowed to say and decide what is true or false? Is, is, should people be encouraged by the fact that the minister can't answer a simple question when we're literally regulating truth itself? I think I'm quite, itself? quite clear on the need to tackle misinformation. And actually, everything that we're do, dealing with now uh, points to the value of public service broadcasting. Why can't average people, I know a lot of us can, but why can't the average person that, that maybe believes this, why can't you, if, let's just say you believe that this is a good thing. Can't you watch this and go, why is she not answering the question? Like, why doesn't she just come up and go, yes, here's why it's a good thing. Because we need to control this because if we don't, X, Y, and Z will happen. The reason they don't answer is because it's clear what they're saying. We're violating your inalienable rights because we don't like people saying what they think. Or, you know, whatever. The bottom line is her answer will divulge some level of truth that this is not except this is a violation of rights. But it gives them power that they'll they'll ultimately be able to decide, which will historically always has been be abused. I mean, just think about how gross it is. Everyone anywhere can see that she's refusing to answer the question. People just decide to not care. That's sad. And the immense 
valuable role it played during, for example, the pandemic. None of this has anything to do with the question of us. You've not. And this is every day. It's like they've all just taken notes from some book somewhere. Kareem, any of them. Pfizer hearings with, with, with Australia, or just any congressional hearing ever. They just go, wow, I'll have to look at my notes. I'll make it back to you. Oh, well, I answered it. Oh, no, you didn't. Well, yes, I did. And it's just back and forth. I mean, watching in, in Canada is one of the worst. It's almost become, it's become a game. And it's, it's actually mildly entertaining and humorous to watch, but it's, it's a waste of your time and taxpayer dollars where they stand up and ask the question. He doesn't respond. And he asks it again. He doesn't respond. He asks it again. He doesn't respond. Happens with Trudeau and what's his name, Olivier, all the time. It's ridiculous. But it, I think that's actually, I don't trust any of them. I think that's probably a way they get us to pay attention and laugh and almost enjoy the fact that we're being robbed. Here, this is where it gets even worse. And a further example of this, the question is not relevant. Ireland's media minister, Catherine Martin, says that the question, what is a woman, is not relevant to an upcoming referendum on the role of a woman in society. This, this is the person who's telling you they're going to decide what is and is not misinformation. And they're going to censor you based on that. This person will not even engage with the simple question of what is a woman. Can you guess what they're going to censor? It's, it's, it's appalling as, as, as a woman and a woman uh, as a female sports minister, minister that's trying to promote women in sport. Um, the, I, I think it's just really regrettable. Minister, an article in the Irish Times this week by Pat Leahy outlined some fears within government that the so-called women in the home referendum might raise some uncomfortable questions for politicians. For example, how do you define a family and what is a woman in the context of the gender debate? So on foot of that article, I'm just wondering, what is a woman in your view? Um, this, this is uh, something that the, the government are, are discussing, uh, Ben, yes. but, um, and we, it's very important that we get that wording correct. Um, so in, in relation to the actual wording of the referendum, I, I should hope that we'd, we'd come to agreement on that, on that wording in the, in, the, in the coming weeks. I think it's, it's a really important um, referendum. It's something that I, ad, I advocated for when I was chair of the Women's Caucus, um, that, that, that this would lead to, to a referendum. Again, not answering the question, right? Not even a very tactfully political sidestep. But how? It's just this is what, whether it's Matt Walsh's documentary. Every time this comes up, I don't know why these people think this somehow makes them look certain. It's embarrassing. So at the very least, you, you should have an answer that you think is different than what we think. But no, you guys just act like the question shouldn't even be engaged with. How do you make a logical sense? How do you make logical sense of that? If there is a woman which they say there is a woman, whatever that context means, and even if they say anybody can be a woman, you, can, you should still be able to explain the simple question of what is a woman. Whether that's an abstract answer, that a woman could be anything but nothing. They just don't say anything. They just, they just step around the question. I just don't, this is my point, whether it's the other video or this one, how do we not see that that shows you inherent dishonesty? Even if they're justifying the dishonesty because they think you're trying to be dishonest. It doesn't matter. They're still being dishonest. But, but do you have a definition of what you referred earlier to being proud of being a, a female sport minister and how important it is to promote women in sport and so on? So I'm just wondering, do, do you have a personal definition of what a woman means? Um, I, I, I think, you know, this, the, the question is, is, is not relevant to, to, to the, the referendum itself because wow. it's the issue that is pressing at the minute in relation to the exact wording of a referendum and having the, re- the referendum is absolutely essential. Even though she just went on to say that the wording would be discussed and we 
would plan that, and that was important. But now suddenly it's not important because you're being pressed to answer yourself. And for 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 us in Ireland, well, I mean, it's a it's a right. Oh, quick, next person, you know, just cut them off. So they're going to decide what's misinformation. That makes you feel good, right? Landmark laws to keep children safe, stop racial hate, and protect democracy. <laughs> so you really think children safe is even on their minds? It's about directing democracy, and that's just about censoring what you're saying that exposes that they're not even a democracy. That's what that's really about. It's painful. And this is the same online safety bill we've been highlighting for a long time. It's dangerous. But we've been seeing it coming. They don't care that you see it. Jay Bhattacharya points out that since no one checks the so-called fact-checkers, the whole fact-check industry is an open field for this sort of bribery and abuse. The world would be better off if we just had reporters reporting the news rather than fact-checkers selected propaganda. Facebook suspends. What? Should have left it open. Son of a gun. This, see, this is my point. There's so much of this, it's crazy. So is that link just dead now? I just so, isn't that crazy? Let me see if I can grab it real quick on like a way back machine kind of thing. Not that you need to see it. I just am fascinated by how rot this is everywhere you look right now. Dang it. And it's got that dumb Twitter tweet. Let's see if it comes up here. Grab this one. There we go. So the point is that I'm just kind of blown away with how much this is happening. In real time, like if you go back and look at these articles from 2022, everything is gone. It's altered, not up anymore. You know, it's just, it's just, we're, this is what it's like to live in like an authoritarian controlled system, like an Orwellian kind of idea where they're just deleting everything. It's crazy. An, an error occurred while processing your request. Of course, the, the point is, for those in the podcast, Facebook suspends Australian fact-checking operation amid foreign influence pro- or something, whatever the full, the full title is. Oh, this is uh, James Lyons-Weiler right here. Who is fact-checking the fact-checkers? Oh, wait, that's my job. Well, I don't This just I'll come back and see if that loads. Actually, let me try one more thing. This one, too. Is that crazy? Yep, there it is. Bingo. This, this way, the Internet Archive Wayback Machine has been not working well lately. There it is. Facebook suspends Australian fact-checking operation amid foreign influence scandal uncovered by fact-check files. <laughs> So dumb. So all that really should show you guys is that just because they're, I'm a fact checker, which by the way, it's embarrassingly obvious how many of those people, including AP and Reuters, are just towing lines and ignoring things and creating straw men. You know, look at this Facebook post when it's like a huge website. Anyway, so dumb. That if one of the one of these fact checkers that has been relied on by groups like Sky News and others turns out to be a fake news operation, then we should question all of that, which they should have been doing the entire time, but they don't care because it's not about keeping the information. It's about controlling the information. On Facebook, as Charmaine Narwani points out, who, by the way, I am following but never see in my feed, Facebook unpublished the Cradle Media page an hour ago. This was on the 28th. If this was accidental, Facebook, please fix it. Of course, Facebook doesn't care, but it's everywhere. Because the cradle's doing good work and exposing stuff. Even Facebook, YouTube, it's everywhere, guys. Mike Benz points out this the Reclaim the Net, first of all, points out the DHS agency is now reporting they use Slack and personal cell phones for meetings about misins- about censoring you for misinformation. That's that's completely irresponsible and unprofessional. Personal cell phones. What about all the information? Well, here's the point. 
The snakes at CISA did this deliberately so groups like his couldn't FOIA their censorship, collusion, communications. They're learning, right? So they realize that this has already gotten them. So now they're going, they're finding more old school ways to communicate. But they're totally honest though, right? It's about just keeping information safe, right? That's why they want it completely secret and where you can't check. Makes sense, right? Unbelievable. Well, here's one of the most important parts. The constitutional discussion, which I think is really, really important. First of all, this has already been removed from Reddit. Colorado school tells young student he can't have a a Gadsden flag patch on his backpack. That's the don't tread on me, the snake. You know why? Oh, because it's about slavery, right? No, it's about the revolution. It's about the beginning of freedom in this country or however you want to historically frame that from a U.S. perspective. That's the conversation, though. And yet they literally try and see this is what's happening in these schools. Everything anywhere even associated with this like origin of the country is now racist and bad. And no, it's, it's the powerful people and the government issue. Even people at the beginning of this was were some of these people were problematic. The ones that were stressing the idea for a very serious federal government. That was pe- people in the founding father in the, the very room of the beginning of all of this were stressing the idea of the kind of government we have today. Now, arguably, the republic states' rights mindset won out, but how long did that actually last? I think very quickly it went right to where we are today. But nonetheless, the point is, to argue it has to do with slavery is not only wildly ignorant, it's just about you you think that flag is bad, so we're choosing we don't like that one. But you can wear the minor attracted person's flag and call it a trans flag. You can wear any Black Lives Matter flag. You can wear whatever you want as long as it's not something that promotes the you know freedom of the country. I'll play it for you. Here's the article from the New York Post. Colorado middle schooler kicked out of class for don't tread on me patch that teacher claims originated with slavery. Let's watch the video first. Do they know what the Gadsden flag is? It's a historical flag. So there, um, the reason that they do not want... So you can see he's got a bunch of patches on the backpack and stuff. None of which, none of which look super concerning. J-Rod, VP, Revolution. Right. Uh, I, I, got, he's got a little Doge, Dogecoin flag. Right, and there, you can see it right there. There's the, 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 the don't tread on me flag right there. Now, none of these are outwardly aggressive. I can see the one right there that they claim has a little AK, like a gun symbol on it. That's, oh, that's, that's what they're trying to play after this now. Well, hold on, I'm jumping ahead of myself. Let's watch this. The reason we do not want the flag is due to its origins with slavery. And- due to its origins with slavery, says the ridiculously uneducated teacher. Slave trade. And the slave trade, they say. Well, so if your argument is that the founding fathers had slaves, well, then the, the, the everything, Constitution, all the things, you're literally using the Constitution in this context, but you're arguing all of it's racist because it came from people that had slaves. I mean, is that the base? That that's just contradictory. Or, or rather, just you're picking and choosing which ones you like and don't like as you're literally using these. It's just, it's these people don't know what they're talking about. This is not about safety, it's about control, it's about information control. The Gadsden flag. The don't tread on me. Mm-hmm. Which is the Gadsden flag. I know it's low, guys. Turn it up. Um, okay, so he... he. Um... And by the way, I, the kid's smiling and even glanced at the camera because his mom clearly put this camera, I think it's in her purse, you know, on the pouch or whatever, so the, the woman doesn't know it's filming. 
And I think that's why it got deleted. I think that somebody, one of these people pressed to get it deleted. But either way, the point is the kid clearly knows they're filming. And I just think that his smile is very telling. And clearly the teacher does not like him. My personal opinion, but just watch, watch the way she looks at him sideways. It's pretty bad. He's, what's going to happen if he doesn't take it off? He, I mean, he is able to go. I was actually just telling him, like, I was upset that he was missing so much school. I'm like, ah, so I yeah, asked if yeah, he totally. stuff out of his bag and go back to class. Like, I just want him to go back to class. The bag can't go back. It's got a patch on it because we can't have that in and around other kids. So that's what I was trying. And then he said you were close. So I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, it has nothing to do with slavery. That's like the Revolutionary War patch that was okay. displayed when they were fighting the British. Like, that wasn't, that's the revolution. Maybe you're thinking of, like, the... Um, the Confederate pet, our Confederate <laughs> Okay, I so I am just curious. That you, no. you gotta love that. I don't know. I'm just doing what the district says. Oh, so you're you're an autonomous follower. You don't have any agency to go. Yes, you're right. That's not accurate. Let me explain to them that that's wrong. Like you're you just that's you're a coward. First of all, for not standing up for free speech. And for his right to do so, and the fact that the, the, they are wrong, that some complete the person in the administration clearly stood up and said, that's a bad guy flag because we think that's a right-wing symbol. That's what this really is. I am here to enforce the policy that was provided by the district. Okay. And definitely you have every right to not agree with it. I mean, yeah, because yeah, the ACLU says that he's allowed to wear that if you like go on their website. So in case you missed that, so she's very clearly and correctly pointing out that the ACLU says that it's okay. So again, they know that. They probably even checked. They just unilaterally decided, in my opinion, that this was about a right-wing thing. So left-wing is okay in these schools, but right-wing, that's bad guy stuff. right? That's white supremacy. That's MAGA stuff. Right-wing bad. That's how childish a lot of these people are. And so... You can't have that flag, even though it is absolutely legal and constitutionally okay. And whether or not, I mean, any of these things, like the bottom line is in schools, they always play this line where children don't really have constitutional rights if it butts up against our policies. But I don't think I, I know that's not true, but that's always been the way it is. It's like says in the big so letters. I, all, I, all I'm saying is that unless there's like a ban on patches, period, like you said, there's no patches allowed at the school. You cannot display what you think or anything like that or what cheer or anything like that. Um, I, I don't. I think it's like one-sided. You know, it is one-sided. You allow some patches, but not other, other patches. Kids have patches like other names, like the American flag. I don't know if you can zoom in right there, but just look at the absolute snide disdain that she has on her face right now. She doesn't like this kid. That's my opinion, but I think it's very clear on her face right now. Teachers don't these days hate independent thinkers. Now, you always get you get the occasional good ones, but in my experience, they're rare. And most of these teachers are followers and indoctrinators. And that's just because that's how they're trained and taught. But, you know, for instance, my father is a teacher, and he was always one of the ones in my life that was like, yes, this is what it says, but what do you think about that? Do you think that's correct? Comment in the chat. How many of you have ever had a teacher that said, yeah, that's what the book says, but do you think it's right? What do you think about it? That's not what they do. They say, that's what it is. Write it down, or you're going to get an F. (laughs) Good. So blindly memorize what you're told. That's education today. She does not like that he's pushing back and the mom supports it and that he's smiling too. Clearly he's probably like, he's probably look, let's just pretend for the sake of conversation that he's a, a disruptive little, you know, kind of kid in class that makes the teacher's life a living hell. 
I was one of those kids. Doesn't matter. You know, you're supposed to be an adult, but they end up getting kind of this perception of kids that are, you're the one I like and you're the one I don't and so on. But he says American flags. She clearly disagrees. So she has an opinion. Yeah. That was See, right there. They exchange a glance right there. Oh, so he's an honor roll student. Right. So none, see, none of that matters. You would think a teacher would care more about the grades than your ideological beliefs, but not today. It's not about, I honestly don't even think it's about education anymore. It's about indoctrination in very clear ways politically. Do that again right now, but it's hard because he keeps missing class for this. So I understand that. Yeah. And I, I mean, we teach him to always stick up for your beliefs. And yeah. I mean, you're going over the revolution this for seventh grade. <laughs> I mean, the founding fathers stood up for what they believed in against unjust laws. This is unjust. She's probably in her mind thinking, oh, they're racist. <laughs> My opinion. I mean, just you know, if you think that flag is racist and slavery, then you're probably thinking, "Oh, you mean those slave slave owners? These are people teaching teaching children." Okay, I like I said, we are upholding a policy that was provided to us, which we have to uphold. Okay, can you show me where the policy? I wish I saw. Apparently, that's the I, nobody has a longer video that I can find. I wish I could hear the rest of that. Here's what it goes on to say in the New York Post. Uh, now, I there was this a. 12-year-old student at Vanguard School was ordered to remove the patch, which is the don't, the, 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 uh, uh, tre- don't tread on me Gads- Gadsden flag. Now, it says that the, they argue that it was about slavery, origins with the slave trade. That's, I mean, that's just patently false. That's just stupid. That what they're doing is just trying to lump in anything as right-wing associated with some kind of bad guy concept. The seventh grader also reportedly had other patches depicting semi-automatic weapons. Now, again... So I understand it. It's it's a patch with something like that on it, but it's not promotion of anything violent. Which, is, but yet, so the point is, you can have all sorts of, almost like, well, you know, it doesn't even matter. You could compare it to what other people are wearing that are more politically like. How about these trans things that you can see in schools that are saying trans rights or else and things like that? I've got pictures of people in element or in in uh, junior high, high school level that are wearing these in school. They don't care. The point is overall. This person is being focused on, in my opinion, whether you think he's got semi-automatic weapon patches or not on a rule on a rule kid dressed very conservatively. I don't mean that in a political way, just, you know, very like what kid that age dresses like that. Right. Maybe or today. I don't know. But it says the, the, the flag is a proud symbol of the American Revolution. Oh, this, this is being argued by a Democrat, by the way, not that you matter. The, Glad- the, Gads- the Gadsden flag is a proud symbol of the American Revolution, an iconic warning to, the- to Britain or any government not to violate American liberties. Right. Facts and history. But we don't care about that as teachers. Right. It appears on popular American medallions and challenge coins through uh, through today. And Ben Franklin also adopted it to symbolize the union of the 13 colonies. It's a great teaching moment for a history lesson, except 
teachers aren't teaching anymore. The flag was first used by the U.S.'s first naval commander-in-chief as a personal ensign during the American Revolution. In more recent years, it was adopted by the conservative Tea Party. Now, this is where it begins to be like, oh, it's a right-wing thing associated with right-wing politics. So this is where it becomes that literally anything can be like the okay symbol suddenly becomes a bad thing because you think right-wing people do it, even though, you know, it's benign, right? I mean, these things in general or arguing anything becomes a, a white supremacy symbol because somebody does it in one of these groups and then you just ban it in general. Well, it's just, it's, or claim anybody that does it even accidentally is somehow secretly racist. It's ridiculous. The Equal Employment Opportunity Commission ruled that the flag itself is not a racist symbol. So they're just... They don't care about the facts. But then here's the best part. Following public outrage, the school's board of directors called an emergency meeting and then walked back the demands to the absolute frustration of this ridiculous teacher, which I'm sure he still wears and she can't stand. And so how much you want to bet she treats him differently and gives him bad grades, which is how this tends to work. In case you don't remember, there's the flag right there. In fact, I'm wearing that belt buckle right now. In any case, it gets much worse than that. Here is what's going on in New York. Now, I definitely I do feel that there's a very clear focus in regard to, you know, New York and specific locations. But this is happening now. Oh, come on, really? Okay, those are still there. Maybe I didn't. Know. I forget. New York police will use drones to monitor backyard parties this weekend. No big deal, right? We're just going to spy on you for no reason. Isn't that how this was? I mean. Th- I don't know why this isn't freaking people out. All this really is, in my opinion, is just a casual shift stating we're doing something that's a wild constitutional violation, just casually stating it. And seemingly most people don't even recognize. Spurring privacy concerns? (laughs) You mean blatant constitutional violations? No big deal. Those attending outdoor parties, this was on the 31st, those attending outdoor parties or barbecues in New York City, in general, this weekend, may notice drones hovering over their party. The New York City Police Department plans to pilot drones in response to complaints about large gatherings. Or that's the excuse they'll use. How often do you get that, right? Oh, we got a call. Oh, did you? Let me see. Now, it's often a tactic to engage based on, because they argue gives them a legal reasoning to push. Because in typical, you can't, they, if you're not breaking the law, cops don't just come up and go, let me see your ID. Most people increasingly don't know that. Or they don't get to act, detain you for no reason. You have to be accused of a crime and they have to have some kind of justification. Right? That, that's, that, that's the law. So, they, so just, and first of all, just because someone complains doesn't mean they can spy on a mass group of people over a party. But even then, how do we know there are actually complaints? Complaints about what? Is it noise complaints? Then what's the drone there for? Or just complaints about parties? Are the parties illegal? I don't buy that. I quite frankly think that's ridiculous. If a caller states there's a large crowd, a large party, we're going to utilize our assets to go and check. On what? So just because it's a large party, are they breaking the law? No, they're not. So who's going to call and be like, there's an entirely legal party right there. Oh, let me go check on it. I don't buy any of this. This I, this is a clumsy narrative put out, in my opinion, to justify spying on everybody and then cementing in that this is just where this is going now. We're living in the technocratic censorship's age. The plan drew immediate backlash from privacy and civil liberty advocates, which they don't. So we care. 
Too bad it's happening. You miss it? That, that happens every time. Oh, no, no, I take it back, actually. We care that it's happening, and then, oh, too late, it's been going on for five years. Oh, okay, then let's just keep going. We, we cared, though. Didn't you hear us? We cared. We, we spoke about how this might be a privacy issue, even though it's been going on for five years, and now it's happening in front of you. So is that okay with you guys? Does that make you feel better that we pretended to care about your rights while we broke and violated your rights? I just think that's so silly. If there was a vile, if there's a privacy issue, shouldn't it have been discussed? Hey, New York police, or, or rather, in, like any, how would this work? You have police that are going to use drones to spy on people. Either they go, wait a minute, that's going to violate constitutional rights. Let's check with somebody. Let's find out if it's okay. Or they just don't care and do it anyway. Either way, privacy advocates going, no, no, doesn't stop it from happening. That's always what happens. That's the end of the story. It just does. It happens and it goes forward. And then from there, they go, well, we already told you. We've been doing it for 14 years. Raising questions about whether these drones use viol- u- drone use violates law. Well, we know that it does. We know that this violates your constitutional rights. We know, I mean, how is this any different than just blatant surveillance without us, without your knowledge? Because you're present. It's a troubling announcement and it flies in the face of the Post Act. Oh, the flies in the face? What does that mean? It's a law. It's a crime. There's a there's a legislation that just defines how they're able to do this, and they're not following it. So it's a very, very benign way of saying they're blatantly breaking the law, and we pretend we care, but we really don't. It's a privacy and technology strategist, is who this person is, at the New York Civil Liberties Union. It's a 2020 city law that requires the NYPD to disclose its surveillance tactics. Deploying drones in this way is a sci-fi-inspired scenario. So strong words. Nothing's happening, though. It's bad and dangerous and scary. Here it goes. Where are the judges? Where are the politicians? Shouldn't this be stopped immediately because we all clearly concede this is a violation? No, because all that's happening here is... What's the right word for it? Not predictive programming, but, you know, they're... I guess kind of predictable. They're, they're, they're enshrining this in your mind. The move was announced during a security briefing. They said the drones would respond to non-priority and priority calls. You see my point? These aren't even like there's a law. A non-priority call and you're going to deploy a drone to spy on people. Data maintained by the city shows the police department has used drones for the public safety or emergency purposes 124 times this year. That's up from four times. In all of 2022. That's my point. This article is not, hey, this is about to happen. This article is, we're doing it, and it's been going on for a year. But we care. (laughs) Don't buy it. It's not real. They were spotted in the skies after a parking garage collapsed earlier this year during an event. That's why this is even coming out, because people are starting to notice it. It's already been happening. Did they care about privacy then? Mayor Eric Adams, a former police captain, has said he wants to see police further embrace the endless potential of drones. Guess what? Citing Israel's use of the technology as a blueprint. God, it's so great to follow the open apartheid state as a model for how we should be acting. You know, the country that can, the government that continues to violate human rights and is openly murdering people and openly ethnically cleansing and all the human rights groups in the world are pointing that out. But yay, let's be just like Israel. These people are ridiculous. But the technology proliferates. Privacy advocates say regulations have not kept up. See my point? Well, we'll do something about it. What do you mean, privacy advocates? Do something. 
pass like petition your politicians. I don't I just don't believe it. One of the biggest concerns with the rush to roll out new forms of aerial surveillance is how few protections we have against seeing these cameras aimed at our backyards or even our bedrooms. And nothing happens. The New York, the New York, of course, the police didn't respond because, <laughs> you know, they're completely unaccountable. 1,400 police departments are now using these drones. Great. Too late. Just a thought points out the obvious, which I agree with. The New York Police Department is telling residents they're going to monitor their private parties this weekend with drones while the DOD simultaneously announces they'll release thousands of autonomous robots over the next two years. No one seems to mind. <laughs> I, I don't, it's crazy. And guess what else is happening in New York? U.S. Special Operations Command, SOCOM has contracted a New York-based AI firm to deploy Argus, a system to detect and neutralize real-time disinformation threats on social media. It's all about freedom and constitutional rights, right, guys? August 31st, U.S. SOCOM to use AI to detect disinformation threats. Threats. Violence. We're talking about words and free speech here. Too late. We're, all, we're on the train that's words are violence a long time ago. The U.S. Special Operations Command. So a military operation. Ask yourself why that makes sense. A military operation to stop misinformation on social media? Exactly. They have contracted New York-based Accrete AI to deploy software that detects real-time disinformation threats on social media. Now, as always, they're framing this as, you know, foreign influence. But we can see that that's always a ploy. The company's Argus Anomaly Detection AI software analyzes social media data, accurately capturing emerging narratives and generating intelligence reports for military forces to speedily neutralize disinformation threats. So when you come out and say something based on your own research that somehow they see as a pro-Russian concept, well, we're going to take you out immediately because you're a disinformation threat even though you have a right to free speech and you came to the conclusions on your own and it later turns out to be true. It doesn't matter. It's about agendas and national security and American preeminence. Synthetic media, it says, quote, including AI-generated viral narratives, deep fakes, and other harmful social media-based applications of artificial intelligence, pose a serious threat to U.S. national security and civil society. Your ability to have free speech is a dangerous threat to them. And they'll frame that as artificial intelligence-driven. Social media is widely recognized as an unregulated environment. That's free speech for you. Where adversaries routinely exploit reasoning vulnerabilities and manipulate behavior through the intentional spread of disinformation. They're just literally going, here's what we do, but we're going to frame them for doing that, which I bet they do too, or I could guarantee they do. But how embarrassing it is for the most prolific manipulator in that exact way to go, they're all doing it. <laughs> so we need to do it too, like cluster munitions or anything else. They go, they're bad guys, so we have to be a little bit bad guy to fight bad guy. That's born in kindergarten. That's how it works. U.S. US SOCOM is at the tip of the spear in recognizing the critical need to identify and analytically predict social media narratives in an embryonic stage before those narratives evolve and gain traction. So this is kind of where they might censor your entire account when they see you getting momentum about something that they don't want you to notice. The U.S. Department of Defense. Department of Defense first partnered with the Crete AI for the Argus Platform's licensing contract in November 2022. All coming together. Well, 
if you want to understand that there's been a long sought agenda here, specifically with New York, first of all, Derek wrote about this in 2020, but also 2021, smart cities, which is what the drones and the surveillance and the artificial intelligence and all of this is really about. And the 5G, by the way, digital prisons of the Great Reset also realize Israel's New York smart cities have already been happening. We have the Israel overlap to all of this, both policing and enforcement. And now they're literally overlapping with the technology that they're using to control and keep you under the thumb of the technocratic state. Or this one going all the way back to Whitney's writing in 2020 of May. Media ignores Israel connection to Eric Schmidt's push for New York smart cities. Guys, it's all very clear. The Israeli government is aggressively overlapped with this, and they're involved in things that are acutely affecting your life in this country, and your politicians don't care. Just unbelievable. And just in case you think that sounds crazy, do, watch, the, watch the shows. Whitney and I talk about this. She's got all the documents to back it up, and it's public information. Talking about the Carbine 911 overlap, where you have Israeli intelligence running 911 call centers in the United States. It's easy to look up. It's very public. But, you know, claiming that the Israeli government would dare do anything that would hurt you is bad guy information. That's censor worthy right there, even though we can prove it over and over and over and over and over and over and over. But let's get into a very specific and very real. I mean, red flag is an obvious way to point this to to frame this, but realize I don't think Americans truly understand, like as your government points around the world and saying, look at what they're doing, censoring newspapers and blah, blah, blah. Well, we just had a very real step in uh, Marion County where it is a local police force raided a local newspaper, seized computers. And nobody seems to care all that much other than the fact that it is causing a national attention, which makes them at least give lip service to the idea that, you know, maybe something wrong happened here. But realize, guys, this is happening all over the world at the behest of the U.S. government or online, shutting down press TV or any other groups that they don't like what they're saying while pretending that they care about free speech or freedom of the press or anything else or human life. The point is that this is beginning to get worse and it's rapidly escalating. And if you if you don't stand up for your rights, they will one day be gone or rather no longer respected by the authority that controls everything you do. August 14th, this is out moon of Alabama, newspaper raids, exceedingly rare. He just jokes about the way they frame this. It's always curious when an opener of a piece of a news is contradicted by its content. Typical for corporate media. The point is New York Times covered this in sort of a patronizing way. Saying, oh, and this is just the, I should have just started with this. Confidential affidavits detail reasoning for police raid of a Kansas newspaper. He says, raid of small Kansas newspaper raises free press concerns. This is how I would like exactly what I was just saying. Raises concern. What do you mean raises concerns? Did they break the law or not? Like clearly you can see that there's a very clear constitutional issue here, but they when they say raises concerns, that that means they don't care. That is lip service to the thing we're supposed to care about, rights and stuff, but we don't really because we err on the side of the state and, and power structure. That that's what that means. Like if this was a real journal, they would point out, like what many of them did, which is this is a crime. But it says the search of the Marion County Records Office led to the seizures of computers, servers, and cell phones. Imagine if this happened to Fox News or CNN, people would lose their minds. But if it happens to a small paper, we act like, well, they must have done something wrong. A small town in Kansas has been in a battleground over First Amendment after local police force and staff sheriff's deputies raided the office. Raids of news organizations are exceedingly rare in the United States. (laughs) And then, you know, three paragraphs later, the raid 
is one of several recent cases of local authorities taking aggressive actions against news organizations. <laughs> so New York Times, you're ridiculous. Because what, they, what they're doing there is setting the narrative that this doesn't happen because we live in a free speech democracy. But then literally contradict that a few paragraphs later. Saying that, yes, this is happening a lot right now because we don't actually. We live in the illusion of that. Some of which are part of a dwindling cohort left in their area to hold government accounts. That's the problem. People like us, even actual newspapers that still exist that are truly fighting back in the local areas are slowly getting boxed out, just like they're doing to us, because they need control of the narrative. As they lose it everywhere, this is getting worse and worse and worse. It's, it's crazy, but check this out. August 19th. Confidential affidavits detail the reasoning for why this happened. It says the police chief who led a widely criticized raid of a newspaper office in Kansas told the judge that a reporter there accessed a restaurant owner's driving record from a state database and could not have done so without either impersonating the victim or lying about the reasons why the record was being sought, according to the confidential court records used to obtain a warrant for the premises for one location which they then used to go into other locations they did not have a warrant for. Very easy to see this was a crime. And it's amazing the way they do mental gymnastics to try to go, well, we don't know for sure. Now, maybe you can call that irritating objectivity, but it's really the truth is that it's blatantly clear that they're just kind of jumping over the real obvious things. And they even make points in the article. In sworn affidavits that have not previously been reported, Marion Police Chief Gideon Cody also wrote that the Kansas Department of Revenue had confirmed to him that Marion County Record Reporter Phyllis Zorn, one of the co-owners of this location, had downloaded the private record. Okay, these are, these are journalists, by the way. Zorn, it's like, you know, this, this is the equivalent of saying they obtained information on a, from, a, from a state database to confirm a source. If that was the Washington Post, do you think they would care? Zorn confirmed to the Washington Post that she downloaded the record, a process that involves entering a name, a date of birth, and a driver's license number. So how exactly does she break the law if it's publicly accessible with the information that she was provided? It's quite obvious. She said she did not. She did so to verify information that she had received from a source. It's very simple. They're not disputing that. They just claim that her doing exactly that somehow violated, justified a violent raid and seizing of all sorts of things that were way outside the scope of what this was about. These are criminals, and you're about to see why. That's my opinion anyway. He said that the record was accessed for research purposes and that there was no intent to use it maliciously. This is the, pe- the, the newspaper, uh, the editor. There is no criminal intent. Meyer allowed for the possibility that the paper had technically crossed a line, that's them saying this, by searching the database, but said that, quote, even if it was illegal for us to do that, the police response was like bringing the SWAT team out for jaywalking. Exactly. And you're about to see why they wanted to make a message. I think you already know why. But the point is that that's not breaking the law. But even if it was, this is wildly over. This is making a statement. On August 11th, police raided. The police raid sparked outrage among First Amendment advocates and news organizations across the nation. Oh, which ones? Which one spoke up? I guarantee it's not the ones you might think. Officers seized computers, phones, other records during the search. A virtually unprecedented event in recent American history. Same thing, you know, but you know it's not true. Meyer's home was also searched. Their home. As was the home of a city council member. 
Okay, make sense of that for me. The record was stress. No, see, the record said stress from the raid contributed to the sudden death the following day of Meyer's 98-year-old mother, Joan, who was a co-owner of the newspaper. I'll play that clip from uh, Texas Lindsay before we're done. It's sad because she later passed away, they argue, because of how this went down. They raided their personal home. Marion County Attorney Joel Enzi, who is the county prosecutor on Wednesday, said that insufficient evidence had been used to connect the alleged crimes being investigated for the most serious of which is a felony, but most of which are basic misdemeanors, to the places that were searched. So the, the, the county attorney is literally saying they illegally stretched this out to justify raiding personal locations. The Kansas Bureau of Investigation has said it still is examining whether the newspaper violated state law. Now here is where we get into why. I think this really happened. A raid on a Kansas newspaper likely broke the law, experts say. <laughs> but which one? Gee, I wonder. A, can- a central Kansas police chief was not, the o- was not only on legally shaky ground when he ordered the raid of a weekly newspaper, experts said, but it may have been a criminal violation of civil rights. A former federal prosecutor added, saying, quote, I'd probably have the FBI start to look. I hope these people end up in jail, but something tells me nothing will happen. This seems like lip service, but I hope I'm wrong. Part of the debate centers around Marion Police Chief Gideon Cody's reasons for the raid. A warrant suggested the police were looking for evidence that the record staff broke state laws against identity theft and computer crimes. See, that's, this, that's a blatant lie. Now, had they done this pretending to be somebody in order to get information that had nothing to do with... The point is, they have a source. They have that source's information. They're trying to verify something with that source's authority. They didn't, there was no identity theft, but that's how they're framing it because these people are corrupt and you're about to see why. I keep saying that, but I thought it was the other one. While verifying information about a local restaurant owner. But the police also seized the computer tower, personal cell phones belonging to a reporter who had investigated Cody's background. Aha. Okay, so now it becomes clear. Weird how the Washington Post just left that out. The point is that Cody, the police chief, was being investigated by the newspaper. What an important part of the conversation, don't you think? Recent events have exposed roiling divisions over local politics and the newspaper's aggressive coverage. But it also found, focused, an intense spotlight on Cody in only his third month on the job. Oh, great. So, so it's a newspaper that is highlighting things Cody's doing wrong. I wonder if that had any, any motiva- motivated his actions in any way. Cody did not respond to an email seeking comment Friday as he had not responded to other emails. It's a police chief. Don't you think he would respond? Something that's very telling. But he did defend his raid in a Facebook post because that's what typically happens, right? You go to social media as opposed to responding to attorneys and people reaching out to you saying that the federal law shielding journalists from newsroom searches makes an exception specifically for, quote, when there is reason to believe the journalist is taking part in the underlying wrongdoing. So that's why you search their home and their office and seize their phones and seize people's phones that weren't even connected in this part of the investigation. Yes. Or no. Yes, it's, to me, it's very clear this was a, a breach of their authority. 
or a viol- or a, a abuse of their authority. Police seized computers, personal cell phones, e- and a router from the newspaper. All items were released Wednesday to a computer forensics auditing firm hired by the newspaper's attorney after the local prosecutor concluded there wasn't enough evidence to justify their seizure. The firm is examining whether files were accessed or copied. How much you want to bet they were. The point is, they themselves already deemed that there wasn't enough evidence to take these things, but they did anyway. How much you want to bet there's no accountability there? So if, they, if a court already ruled that they illegally took this stuff, shouldn't somebody be held accountable for that? How much you want to bet they found they seized data because they probably thought that these people were investigating them? Meyer rejects criticism of the newspaper's reporting and said critics are upset because it's attempting to hold local officials accountable. And he blames the stress from the raid for the death of his 98-year-old mother. Meyer said that after the mayor offered Cody the police chief's job in late April, the newspaper received anonymous tips on a variety of tales about why Cody gave up a Kansas City position paying $115,848 a year to take a job only paying $60,000 a year. That's pretty suspicious, according to a sister paper. So another newspaper was already writing on what this guy was, you know, some suspicions about what he might be doing. See, They get an anonymous tip saying, hey, look into this. And they do, which made him very unhappy. Mayor said the newspaper could not verify the tips to its satisfaction. Days before Cody was sworn in as chief on May 30th, Mayor said, the owner of the paper said that he asked Cody directly about the tips he received, and Cody told him, if you print that, I will sue you. Starting to, start to see the bigger picture here? Quote, we get confidential things from people all the time, and we check things out, take them out. This is Doug Anstat, a retired Kansas Press Associated Association Executive Director. Quote, and sometimes we know they're silly, but most of the time we get a tip, we check it out, and that's exactly what we're doing. So they, they access the database to try to confirm something. And clearly, in my opinion, but based clearly on the data, it seems likely the police chief felt like they were getting close to something. Or rather, let's just even say he's innocent. He didn't like that they were snooping into his background. But that's their job. So he abused his power, as I can tell, raided a newspaper, which is almost unprecedented, seized information the court already ruled was unjustified, and we're not seeing a crime here? <laughs> Welcome to democracy. If, if we lived in any kind of... This was a real... If we believed in these things, these people would already be held accountable. This is a, an egregious violation. But what this really seems to me is setting the tone for the new American state. The new global state of the world. Here's the clip, by the way, and it's only a minute, 30 seconds. I'll just play it. This is August 11th. Newly released footage of 98-year-old Kansas paper owner Joan Mayer. This is the 98-year-old mother. Shows her home. She was home while it was raided. And she later died the next day. Yes. Oh, and, and, and heads up, by the way, there, she's, there is cursing. So for those with children listening, earmuffs, there's cursing in this clip. Calling Eric Don't you Eric. touch any of that stuff. Ma'am, you're wasting your breath. Ma'am, you're going to get out of here. Get out of here. You asshole. We'll be out of here pretty quick. Get them out of here. They're here. You and your mother love you. You and your mother. You're an asshole. Please, Chief. 
Get up, Chief. Oh, God. Get out of my house. You're packed the Just depressing, right? And then, and then immediately gets returned because they didn't have enough evidence. You know, democracy. No one's going to be held accountable. I mean, call me a pessimist. I, that's how, but here, Lindsay has an update here. Here's the latest on what many are calling an illegal raid. Her story has now garnered attention around the world, as it should. An attack on free press by the state is an attack on us all. Seized, but not silenced. Now, I'm actually going to end. I was going to get into some Maui stuff, but unfortunately, I have, my time is running out. I'm going to have to end it here. But I will, I will most likely tomorrow go. You've seen most of this already, but we'll go through that tomorrow. But again, make sure you don't miss the part we just did. Uh, this one here. What is soil tax and is it safe? Soil tax, excuse me. But to end, I just want to, first of all, here's the Marion County record. This is the, you can see, see secretly seized data, photos returned to the newspaper. So it turned, they did seize information from their, their web, from their, that devices, which by the way, why is that not a crime? Like everything about this is criminal. These people, in my opinion, this is a corrupt police chief that is, who left a high paying job for half the amount. Something went on there. They got an anonymous tip. They try to look into it and they break the law to try to threaten them. That's what it feels like to me. That's my opinion. I just went over all the facts. In every step of that situation, they've been shown to be wrong. Why don't we realize what that shows us? Now, somebody sent this to me, and I apologize for forgetting who it was. But the, I, for, I was on an interview, and I, I forget it was. I don't want to misquote it, but thank you for whoever it was. If you know, remember in the chat who gave me this, make sure you – it was in a live interview, and they pointed it out. But give him a shout-out in the chat. I forget who it was. But th- this is on, it's a study. This is from 2012. PatCon, the FBI's secret war against the Patriot Movement. And how infiltration tactics relate to radicalizing influences. So the bottom line, guys, the FBI is afraid of people that believe too much in the Constitution. They're afraid of people like the entire right movement calling themselves patriots. People that actually believe in free speech and rights. And what they do? They infiltrate them. They manipulate them. They radicalize them. And then pretend that's what we're doing. That's what this is really about. You can read through this. It's very clear. The secret war against the patriot movement. They're radicalizing people. That's the vanilla ISIS movement. That's what's going on in Ukraine. The overlap of all this is to try to frame the group and rat, and even, in my opinion, literally create people like they tried to do it January 6th that act of their own accord in the way they want them to. Nobody took the bait. They had to push that. But clearly they're trying. And maybe some of these people acting out, maybe they are being radicalized. But you know what? All sides of the paradigm or the government themselves are actively radicalizing people to be used against you. The one, they, they're the ones trying to pretend they're we're protecting you from radicals elsewhere. No, they're actively trying to manipulate you in real time. They're trying to remove your rights. They're trying to use what they create outside of this country to keep you more in check. 
Everyone around the world sees very clearly what this government truly is. It's time for us all to wake up and recognize they're aiming the weapon at you right now. Now, I don't believe ever violence is the answer, but that's up for you to decide. I think violence begets violence, but the bottom line is we need to make sure people see the information, recognize what's truly happening so we can stand up and stop it. I think the majority is on our side. I have for a long time. So as this all gets pushed back aggressively, recognize the desperation. Recognize how clearly they see that we are not buying it anymore. So if we just kind of wait, that momentum will shift again. Now is the time to stand up and make something happen. Momentum, not violence, but momentum. Reach people, stand up and make sure everyone sees the majority is on the side of the truth. Not left, not right, but the truth. And, we, and yes, we will disagree on all sorts of political points. The problem is a lot of people in the paradigm can't get past that. And so the hamster wheel continues. But I think we can. I think we're there and I think it's possible. It's just about whether we can capitalize. Thank you for being here, guys. I love you all, as always. Question everything. Come to your own conclusions. Stay vigilant.